Benjamin here, and you're listening to Traveling the Vortex. Traveling the Vortex. The summer sun is fading as the year grows old. And darker days are drawing near. Doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number 148 and something this wicked this way comes. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. I'm glad you used that opening. Thanks. Because not only is that one of my favorite lines in a Shakespeare play, it is also the title of one of my favorite books by Ray Bradbury it and is the movies book. that was released by Disney. One of your favorite movies released by Disney? Yeah. Something Wicked, Something this, way wicked this Way Comes. Really? That's one of your favorites? One oh, of my favorites. Dude. Oh, it's incredible. Yes. I, wasn't, I don't remember being impressed by it. Oh, my God. It was so good. Maybe that's not near as good as the maybe book. Maybe I was too young. Maybe I was expecting the book. Well, and that's yeah, just it. Carnival yeah. workers are scary. Oh, well, Jonathan yeah. Price. As Jonathan the, Price. Oh, Jason oh, Robards was a little flat. Yeah, Jason Robards. Ah, oh, he was great. He was fine. But Jonathan Price. Oh, man. The Master. That's such a good movie. Such a good movie. I guess I don't remember it very well. How are you guys? Very good. I'm all creeped out. In a very now. Halloween <laughs> Jonathan Price. Oh, I'm going to watch that this week, too. I own that. Oh, that'd be a good Halloween movie. Yeah. It's a really good Halloween movie. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this week comes. Anybody else I, I, get I really chills like when the they read that in David Tennant's voice in the book? A little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can hear him saying it. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with you, Sean. We never start with you. What did you do this week? He worked and had school. That was it. <laughs> pretty much. He pretty much confirmed that pre-show. <laughs> I worked. I had uh, school. Nothing else. Um, trying to think. You, did we do anything well, cool? So were you down at uh, Slash and Bash for work? No. Oh, you got out of that. Okay. I, I was. I saw the Facebook post that somebody was going to be down there. I, I was holding the. Uh, was that this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I did not know. That. I was keeping the home fires burning. Where they? Where were they this year? It was in front of the Jayhawk, hmm. or at least at the Jayhawk. I might understand. I'm going to decline to comment on the grounds that it's not very nice. Um, <laughs> I was afraid you were going to have to go. Because uh, you, you've had no, Matt, 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 Matt went, and Matt was the representative that went, and it was, from all accounts, an unqualified disaster. Ah. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's an off my conversation. That's, that's an off my conversation, but. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was not apparently a, a, a pretty time. Um, what did we do this week? I watched something that I meant to comment on. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sleuth. Have you ever seen Sleuth? Uh, yeah, years ago. The original? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, have you seen Sleuth? Mm-mm. Okay, so we watched Sleuth. You know I don't watch remakes until I've seen the original. So yeah. if a remake comes out, then I watch okay. the original first. Well, I've watched both it's True. this past week. I didn't realize them. Um, Sleuth. I'm not sure which movie we're talking about. Sleuth is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie that's got uh, Sir Lawrence Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine. And um, it's these two guys, and they meet to kind of discuss the issue of uh, Michael Caine's wife, who they're both sleeping with, and whether or not uh, it's going to be a divorce granted and, and, and this kind of stuff. And Lawrence Olivier is this very eccentric writer who's very into game playing and, and um, theatrics and uh, winds up taking Michael Caine on a very wild 
journey into <laughs> an attempted murder and just all kinds of stuff happen. And it's phenomenal. Michael Caine's this, you know, he's the, he's the young punk. Wonderful movie. It's outstanding. The remake stars Michael Caine and Jude Law. And now Michael Caine's playing the crusty old guy. Switch yeah, parts. Not nearly as much fun, not nearly as enjoyable, and they've updated it. And the house is very high-tech and security cameras, and so it's got this real glossy technological edge to it that, honestly, I don't think it needed. Except, this is kind of the interesting bit, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who used the technology advantage. He he did a lot of shooting through computer screens Mm -hmm. and off monitors and things, Mm -hmm. which allowed for a really nifty hide of the one big reveal that happens later. I would agree with that. Yeah, that that was the one thing that was like, I see why you did this, because it kind of allowed you to hide that reveal, Um, which, I'm sorry, was not a big surprise in the original. No. Yeah. (laughs) I I was really hoping that maybe I was wrong. Which, unfortunately, once you've seen the original... You know the surprise. What, you know you kind know of surprise. what the surprise yeah. is, anyway, and that's why I think you notice how the reveal works so well. But, but um, yeah. I don't think people would appreciate it as much if they didn't already have an idea. Well, and this is the thing because Mel watched. She didn't watch the original with me because I watched that in class, so I made her watch the remake with me because I enjoyed the original so much. And so we watched the remake, and I was really curious to see how they were going to do that. And there were parts of it that were as enjoyable, but on the whole, this it, it's, it's missing the character of the first one. Yeah, it's it's a charming. There's a there's a charming element of the original film well, that it's lacking in the new one. Despite Laurence Olivier's, I don't want to call him a bad guy, but he, he's he's definitely the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say of, of the of the film, he's such an enjoyable character to watch that even when he's being such a nice, not such a nice guy, you, you don't care. You're still kind of along for the ride and rooting for him almost in some cases. The way Michael Caine plays it in the remake is not that. Uh, and, and probably very wisely, I think he decided well, he not to step on those toes. You know, it's Lawrence Olivier. Well, it's I mean, already been on. done, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah how he do, was how trying do do a different. So approach. He, was, he was trying a completely different approach, and, and so I can understand him not wanting to do that. But the, the, it, it turns it more. You don't from reshoot this. Psycho Shop. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was really thinking this was going to be an in, a really interesting flip with them doing this, and instead it kind of just it, it went from being this fun, quirky bizarre little movie to being the kind of a run-of-the-mill psychological mm-hmm, thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that was a little disappointing. But because of it, Mel was almost turned off to the point, it's not that she didn't enjoy it, but she just she, it, she didn't like it all that much. And she didn't like it, even though she watched the remake first, it almost turned her off of even wanting to sit through the original. Mm-hmm. But I kind of ha- kept hyping up the original. She's like, well, okay, maybe I'll, you know. So I'm kind of torn on that. I don't know how you mm-hmm. fix that particular nugget with that film. But the first one's amazing. The first one's a great film. Maybe so that's check out the original. That's kind of what I wound you up should. doing. That's and unfortunately, a, it's not on Netflix. Really, so. when I find out a film is coming out or has come out that's a remake of an original film, I always try to go back and oh, see the original yeah. first. Always. Because mm-hmm. that that's what will happen is sometimes you'll watch one and then, and then you kind of – you kind of – Mess yourself up for the original film, in my opinion. So, oh, depending on what the original film is, well, that's depending true. on what the remake is. Actually, no, I, I think not what the original. Depending on what the remake is, so. somebody could go watch the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes and not mess themselves up for the uh, original. No, I disagree. I think if you watch the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, you wouldn't want to watch the original. I think well, that's because it, it, it picked a sour taste of Planet of the Apes. Exactly, and that's it. I think you, I think you're in the same boat with that. I can see that. So, um, technically. And effect-wise, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, I appreciate. 
the, I appreciate the artistic it. direction they yeah, took. I, 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 when they, the story is the problem. When they first announced we're remaking Planet of the Apes, I thought to myself, there's only one person that you can possibly give this film to to direct it that See, I would trust, I and that's, that's Tim Burton. Charlie, oh. Chocolate Factory. And I thought that the same reaction with that. Down. It was huge. <laughs> I didn't want them to remake it, period. But... I didn't either, but it's like, if you're going to do it, Tim Burton will do it, and then he did it, and then when they announced Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I thought there's only one director that could pull it off, and that's Tim Burton, and if you get Tim Burton, there's only one person, realistically, I think, that could pull off Willy Wonka, and that's Johnny Depp, and then they announced it, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, and then I saw it, and I was like, this was not cool mm. at all. <laughs> it was the wrong approach for the Wonka yeah. character. Bad yes, decision-making. Well, I'm not saying I wanted to see the Gene Wilder version either, but maybe you something, something in between. Different, yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't need to be creepy Michael Jackson child molester wonka either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, so that's, that that was the one thing that I did. I I kind of like this class cuz it's drama classics on video where we're doing all these um plays that have been turned into movies because a lot of times that's the only exposure you get. But the good news is that it's giving me the opportunity to kind of go back and see a bunch of stuff that I hadn't seen. We watched Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which I had never seen. Um, we watched uh what was some of the other ones? I watched the uh, Ian McKellen version of Richard III which was really pretty good, even though it was Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> I love Shakespeare. I don't, want, I don't want to give that impression, but some Shakespeare's better than other Shakespeare. I don't lump everything the Bard wrote is fantastic because I don't believe it. And a lot of it, is, some of it is definitely more accessible than others. And mm-hmm. Richard III, definitely. I think, is one of those not quite accessible to everybody. Sure, sure. But, um, so, yeah, I've been kind of on a tear of things that I hadn't seen before, which is kind of cool. And I feel like I'm still getting to watch movies because I have no time. <laughs> I rented, your, I rented uh, Europa Report from work, which is supposed Ooh. to be this very slick, cool sci-fi looking film, and I'm sure I won't get a chance to watch it. <laughs> What'd you do? What? Uh, well, I got my blog off the ground, finally. So. I saw! Yeah. Congrats! That's awesome, and which you're making me very jealous. I, I, I signed up for a WordPress blog in August, because I thought, you know what, I've, I've got all this stuff going on that we don't always get to in the show, and you know, we tried not to tangent so much, but I thought there was just so much going on, and so I, I went ahead and put a post up saying what my intentions were, that it probably a lot of it would be Doctor Who, but some of it might be you know other sci-fi that I, I, I like. And August came and went, and September came and went, and October came and almost went. And I thought, I haven't done anything for my blog. And it was on the 22nd that I realized, oh, tomorrow is one month from the anniversary of Doctor Who. So I thought, well, maybe this is the opportunity to really push forward the blog. And so what I did is I I posted that I would be doing, uh, and it may not be every day, but it has been so far. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a countdown to uh, the 50th anniversary. I'm doing a month-long countdown. So I started on the 23rd of October, and I've posted a little something every day. And what I've been trying to do is do stuff that would be kind of outside of what we've done or something that we probably won't get to until way down the line. And so I've kind of immersed myself in Doctor Who as kind of my own personal celebration of this entire month. And so I, I've done a couple of things. I did uh, I reviewed the Ian, Ravine, Ian Levine uh, animated version of Mission of the Unknown. Um, I reviewed Devil's End, which we're going to be watching the demons or the demons. The demons. <laughs> demons. We're going to be watching the demons in a couple of weeks for Friday Night Who, and we'll be reviewing that. But And I watched some of the extras on there. But I got a jump start on it, and I got to looking around, and I was like, oh, there's this Devil's End that I had picked up years ago, or Return to Devil's End. 
And so I reviewed that, and, and I'm not going to go into any, most of this because you guys can, you know, read my blog. Go read the blog. <laughs> um, but, and then I've also done, uh, well, Friday Night Who got me thinking the other night about uh, Warriors of the Deep. And, in fact, I'm going to give some credit to Chrissy alone, who kind of steered me with some of her comments she made on Friday Night Who into an impression that I didn't get the first time I watched it. So I wrote a review on that. Um, and I wrote a review on a comic book that slipped by mm-hmm. my, past my radar that I just found recently on iTunes. Um, but I'm not going to go into all of it because I'd like people to go read it. It's, What's uh, it? it's trapped in the vortex, or yeah, trapped in the vortex. Uh, dot wordpress dot com. I believe so. Can't remember if I picked org or com. I think it was com. So trapped in the vortex dot uh, wordpress dot com, and you can go there and read some of my musings. And like I say, I'm trying to do everything. Uh, you know, trying to do things that we aren't necessarily trapped in the vortex dot wordpress dot com. Yes. Yeah. And I think my subtitle is More Musings from Vortex Glenn. More Travels with. More Travels with Vortex Glenn. So. Which, yeah, I'll, I'll throw out a, 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 a plug for it because... <laughs> I think I just did that. Well, it's, it, it's very much... Uh, it's, it's like additional content. It's so kind of, if you go to our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter streams and then you listen to the show and you just can't get enough of us... <laughs> Go check out Glenn's bonus blog because it's, it is. It's, it's like this is some extra stuff. It's like it's kind of this cool little special feature on the DVD that you unlocked, and it's an Easter egg. And you went, oh, I didn't know that. And so it's kind of cool. And you're sharing that on our Facebook page. I have been. Yes, I have and been. Have you been sharing it on our Twitter stream too? I have it on our Twitter stream. I've been doing it on, on yours. my personal yes. one, but I haven't been doing it on our, our Twitter stream. But. Um, and then the other thing I did is I started, um, and this will be, I'm not going to go too much into this because this is going to be one of my posts for the week, but I started the Daleks Master Plan. And what got me started on that is the fact that I watched Mission in the Unknown, which is known as the Dalek Cutaway, because it, it alone sets up events for Dalek Master Plan. So what I've done is, in the, the, the way that I enjoy doing this is I'll watch whatever avail- uh, episodes are available and I'll listen to the linking to the audios that, that the BBC put radio put out that have the narrative. And, and actually, Peter Purvis, who is the companion in this, Stephen, is the one doing the auto, uh, the uh, linking audio. So it, it's I'm, I'm about halfway through that. I mean, it's 12 stories, or 12 episodes. So I probably will split that up over two <laughs> blog posts. But I've started on that, and uh, I'm actually thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and then we took the kids to what did we do yesterday? We did something yesterday, but I can't remember. Oh, birthday party! Yeah, my niece's birthday party was last night, and uh, she turned nine. And so, she a big Grease fan? She is. <laughs> she is Grease and Grease too. Actually, I think she likes Grease too better. <laughs> That's a victory. It's a victory for me because you know I'm the big Grease two fan. The chirping you hear. <laughs> I don't support either one. Oh. Grease is a fantastic, overly done musical period. Oklahoma is the most overly done musical period. Well, that was just bad. Grease is Grease is fantastic. Grease two. I've never seen Grease two, so I can't. It's not for me. Oh, it's so good. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's not for me. What else did I do? That pretty much sums it up. Today we took the kids to Trunk or Treat, which is there was a church here in town that did a. Which church did you guys go to? We don't. No, what, no, which church did oh, you which, guys yeah, go I to? Too, I said, we don't go to church. <laughs> I know you don't go to church. But some friends of Caitlin who go to Crestview United Methodist Church uh, invited her and Mason to come. It's for anybody. It was open to anybody, but they invited her to come. 
I think Countryside did one today in, in First United Methodist Church. Is that the Church one up on Birmingham? Well. Yes, yes. Okay. We drove past that one. Right oh, okay. That's why I was uh, but we went over there, and, and the kids trick-or-treated it through uh, trunks. If you don't know what trunk-or-treat is, in America, I think they've become very commonplace. But a lot of times, churches and organizations will do these things where they all park their cars in a, in a parking lot, particularly this time it was a church parking lot. And then the kids will line up and walk from trunk to they trunk and go in a circle and, and collect candy. And they did it at the Y uh, on Saturday they have done also. It. Yes. They, I, in fact, we went a couple of years ago to the Y. There's a church that does theirs there. I can't oh, remember which church I don't is, know. So uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I haven't done anything else other than immerse myself in a lot of Doctor Who. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I will say this. I just finished Light of the World tonight. Or light of the world. I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to do that, Sean. I knew it. It's all Sean's fault. Your, your stupid church. Sean, uh, Sean, was, Sean went to a church uh, in Topeka that's right down the hill from where we're recording, and it's called Light of the World, and I can see their sign from my house, so that's why it's always in my mind. And Sean got married at that church, although I didn't go. And <laughs> I finished Light at the End tonight. I got my end. copy of Light at the End. And I won't talk more about that because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Not, we're not going to review it this week, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the release. You, okay. What? You're, I, was, I was kind of going back through your blog. Um, the <laughs> cast of Doctor Who? Yes. Paul Salomov? Uh-huh. You know who that Paul is. Paul J. Salomov? Right. The name was ringing a bell. He owns the TARDIS console. Oh, that's him. I knew the name kept sounding familiar to me. And I kept, and in fact, I read his bio and it talked about him being a lifelong Doctor Who fan and he's a producer. And it, oh my God. That's gosh. the guy. It del- it, I, that name kept jumping out at me and I kept going, I know this name from somewhere, but I couldn't place it. And I thought he must have something to do with Doctor Who. And I read his bio and it just said he was a fan and he didn't have any connection to Doctor Who other than him being a fan, according to the stuff that I read. And Paul J. Salomov. I'll be darned. Yeah, That's if he had guy. the console at uh, Gallifrey. Yep. The Eighth Doctor console. So there you go. There's a. I, should, I wish I could have mentioned that now. I guess I should go back and update. You can, you can, you can. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a supplemental blog do post. Do a supplemental blog post. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you said that. That's awesome. Okay. Well, anyway. So maybe it's no surprise that he picked the Eighth Doctor <laughs> as one of the people for the book. Did you just post a picture? I did, but it was the wrong... Yeah, weird. What'd you post? I posted my 31 Days of Halloween, but I... I, I got like, I got into... What? Did you just post Prince Caesar? Or? No. Oh. I got to a certain point and changed my mind and oh, backed but the up. Other one posted? But the other one posted. Have you got a recent but not in Instagram my update? Instagram. Are you, doing, are you posting on Instagram? Yeah. Did you get a recent update? I don't know. Because I got a recent update. Mine's all messed up. It keeps trying to post stuff that I haven't not ready to do and... It crashes a lot. Well, I'll delete that picture and repost that. Yeah. Oh, that we did piece. finish up uh, the ABCs the, yeah, of Star Wars. Which was a lot I of fun. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still behind on my Doctor Who. What was your Z? I missed your Z. Oh, you, yeah, that was clever. You were sleeping. I like that. That was neat. Something I won't get much of. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go delete my Facebook post before I get... <laughs> By the way, Brittany, that was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to do ABCs of classic Doctor Who next month. Yes. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> yes, there is. Brittany, why you got to pick such awesome subjects? Now, now you we... now you have to do it because it's the Doctor Who. Yeah, well, but I'm failing on the Doctor Who one now. Yeah, you're way behind. I'm on that way one. behind. I'm only on like 11 or something, and you guys are on 27. Well, because today's the 27th. You're gonna get this massive. Actually, now dump. it's the 28th. But 
massive picture dump from me. Anyway, that's all I did. Keith, what'd you do this week? I rewatched Ghostlight. Oh yeah, you're gonna tell about that. I really like it now. <laughs> I, I went and rewatched the description that uh, I just blanked on his name. The writer, Mark Andrew Platt. Cartmel, oh. gave at the end that I was talking about, and then rewatched it with subtitles, which subtitles helped. I was originally going to watch it with the info text, but decided no, I need to sit down and focus on the story. I don't know about you guys, but more so when I was younger, but I've always tended to gravitate towards stories that were complex and I got more out of it more and more. Like the first time I was kind of confused, like the pseudo-intellectual stories and mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Ghost Hout is the pseudo-intellectual episode of the story of Doctor Who. Because you go into it and you're confused the entire time. And then you go back and rewatch it, and maybe do a little digging into what's, what's going on, yeah. and it makes sense. I feel like I can answer most questions about it now. It also helped that I did follow up. After, uh, I can't remember who recommended it to me. I think it was Dan on Friday Night Who, the week after, um, to listen to the TARDIS Tavern episode uh, that features them, uh, where they talk about it. Uh, and the other guy from the Doctor Who Book Club is on there. And they're big supporters of this episode. Yeah. And they, they, they also go through and kind of be like, okay, the, the other guy who's not as big of a fan of only seen this episode once or twice wrote down a bunch of questions, and they just went through and answered all of them for him. So, while, so we don't revisit this entirely. Give me some highlights of things that were answered for you that you went, oh, okay, I like that better. Um, well, Josiah. It's completely fixed for me entirely. Really? I understand it all for him now. Okay. Uh, con- uh, control, which I didn't get before. Um, Redverse. And the whole Queen stuff. I didn't quite pick... At least if I picked it up when watching it, it didn't stick with me. And what Josiah's plan was. So just those three things are enough no, to give you a, a, sense, a, a yeah. chance to go back and rewatch it. I think that we probably did this one wrong because when we do Friday Night Who, a lot of times we do ones we've already seen because when we're tweeting along and having fun and doing things like that, you don't have to pay as close attention. But unfortunately, you guys had not seen this yet. Yeah. And we did it for Friday Night Who. And so I think that kind of does a disservice. So I would challenge everyone to go back and watch it again. Although I've seen it three times now. But I didn't watch it closely this time knowing some of the stuff I know now. now, I'm I'm keeping this DVD. Yeah. on top of being a complex story, which I think every time I rewatch it, I will get more out of it, and the atmosphere alone is enough for me to keep it and probably rewatch it, but probably once a year on Halloween. I think it needs to be like a Halloween staple for traveling the vortex. <laughs> well, there you go. We've got them fixed from here on out. <laughs> Maybe not on Halloween, but leading up to Halloween for Friday night. Yeah. We, we, we should have to watch it every year until we, we get it. Sean. We should indoctrinate people until <laughs> we we have been the supporters of so things much. like the Murka and the underdogs of Doctor Who. We, we have, have been have supporting the underdogs the of Doctor Who and not liking Talons. We should all love Ghost Like <laughs> <We> Dad. Because <laughs> uh, really, there is a small and I can understand why people wouldn't like it. How people would find it. Well, Keith's going to have a contest for everybody who watch. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you can, this send, is his if you can send the nuggets to, <laughs> I, I, I totally get why people wouldn't like it, how people would think it smug and overly complex and as unneeded. See, and I, I didn't think it was smug or overly complex. Well, it, I think it, the problem it is, is complex. It, it, well, it, it, I think hearing there, that now, I think maybe it is for a Doctor Who episode. It probably there, is overly it, complex. It, it, it definitely suffers a lot from the behind the scenes of hacking and cutting yeah, to it. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, and the behind budgeting and issues. See, that makes me want to go and rewatch or, or watch the the documentaries. That's what really that, 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 that makes me. Which want I, th- to go I think I'm done with the disc for right now. So whenever whoever wants to lay dibs on because just just I mean yes, I admit the um. The atmosphere of Friday Night Who, which is a lot of fun, is not necessarily the best atmosphere to watch an episode you've never seen before. Right. No, I would agree. Especially because you're looking at the Twitter screen and because you're looking at this. Like, and, right. I mean, I, I, you're dividing your attention. You're dividing your attention. For the most part, I think most Who stories, it's okay with. Well, it's something I've seen before. And, oh, even, even not, because there's a lot of these I've never seen before, and Friday Night Who is my first viewing, and I don't have a problem. Yeah. But Ghostlight is so dense that you have to. Stem focus your mental energy. See, and I, I guess see, and, I never and ever thought it was more enjoyable. Too. I never thought it was dense. I thought it was like a bag of cats. Yeah, that's the problem <laughs> that, that I have. There's just so much, there's too much going, going on, on. Doesn't, that there's doesn't try a, to connect. Yeah. There's just a, at least that's the impression you get. And, uh, yeah, I think because there are a few things that needed to be included to explain what was truly happening. That's why it seems like it. See, but that's what still makes it a bad story. So even well, if I go back and I watch everything and I, the, and I get clued in and I watch it all with the foreknowledge, and then I go back and I watch it and enjoy it the second time or third or fourth or fifth time, whatever I'm on now, watching it, if I enjoy it after I've explored it, then, yay, it might be become one of my favorites, but it's not a good Doctor Who story. Because if you don't get out of it what well, you should get out of it the first time you watch it. Or even the second time you watch it, mm-hmm. then I don't know. Without, without that foreknowledge, without getting, see, uh, without somebody holding your hand, then it's not a good story to put on television. I think definitely there could have been a lot to improve it. I I don't I don't know. It's one of those. I think I I saw the pieces the first time and needed a second. Well, I think to, I've to, seen to, the pieces to, every time. But it just, but you, like but you, you said, just can connect them. It's a bag, ca- bag of cats. It, there's too I many. Know. Of them. I don't know if they don't connect. You can I really, smell I really crazy like it. Well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it again. In fact, I, I went back to the beginning because this started yeah. as the book Lungboro. That's what uh, Michelle was alluding to last week. Yeah. And there's a, there is a, in the preface, there is a, a line that talks about, you know, it basically got the premise of it got changed, moved to get, uh, from Gallifrey to Earth, and they switched. Uh, the doctor story to Ace, and then they changed it all, and then it got hacked up as well. So I can see where it suffered. So yeah. I have gone back and started reading Lungborough. That was another thing I did this week is I picked up Lungborough. So I'm reading that. I think Lungborough is something I would like to read. See, and I'm reading that. So I'm going back, and then I'm going to revisit, and I want to read the book, the Ghostlight novel. I would like to, I would like well, to read the novel because I, I've understood some from some of the stuff I've read that he's gone in and fixed and connected a lot of things better in that. Yeah, I think he has. even than he did in the in the movie in the. Uh, Episode so, so I, I'm going to give it another chance, Keith, and I'm going to go into it with the the help and foreknowledge that you went back and got and, from and the day. I think so. it, it could just end up being my guilty pleasure story. Well, and it, make, that uh, that I can see. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, it does it make it a good does it make it a good story? Okay, no, it maybe. probably still doesn't. Yeah, okay. I'll and and, and long term plans. Once we run out of stuff to review, 
I fully think we ought to do Friday Night Who Revisited, where we go back and watch something that we've already reviewed and then actually spend an episode talking about our per- changed perceptions now that you've well, got more under your belt I and just, this kind of stuff. I just wrote a blog post for Warriors of the Deep because I went back and watched it this week for Friday Night Who, and I took a whole different thing and, away and, and that's something I wanted to mention, too, uh, kind of in the same boat, is specifically on that one, I remember watching it, and I remember we all kind of went, meh, you know, mm-hmm. that it, it, it was all right, and that we felt bad for the market. You know what I remembered liking about it? The sets. The sets and the yeah. costumes. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic sets. I like the story a bit more this time. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching, watching it this more. time, I was blown away how good that story is. You have a tendency to get sucked into the, oh, the Merca is coming and all this kind of stuff. But we were having fun with that part right, of it. Right, right. So it allowed me to focus more. It's a very well done story. It's ex- it's exceptionally written. And I totally get what the guy was talking about when watching some of the behind-the-scenes footage of the Merca and the disaster that it became where he was talking about he wanted to do, you know, the, the, the Silurians and the Sea Devils are partners and the the sea devils are kind of more of the ss troops that they're the shock troops that are going in to do this and the merc is the battering ram and all this kind of stuff i totally see what he was attempting to do and totally let down on on the practical effects side i agree the merca is a great concept because it is it's more impending danger than the missiles that that they're supposedly aimed at each other and when you've got this you know, just presence that you just it it seem it's seemingly in, unstoppable, and until the doctor figures out how to do it or realizes how to do it, it's seemingly unstoppable. So it's continuing to come and come. But the problem is, you've got a panto horse, and it, yeah. I can see where it, if they would have just been able to do a little more with it, it would have been just phenomenal. But the premise and the concept of it is great. Well, and, and I appreciate it at that time. I, I, this time. I, honestly, Pennant Roberts, who has done many other Who episodes. As the director, I kind of lay a lot of the blame at his foot because once he saw this thing breaking down this foam rubber door, they should have immediately had a. I, I know that there wasn't a lot of room for improv, improv, improvisation <coughs> and, ch- and changing things on Doctor Who, but they should have immediately gone. We need to knock out the power to the sea base mm-hmm. so that we can shoot this thing That's, in the dark. It yes. would have been it really was too bright. It yeah. was too. Well, even you the Silurians the didn't look. Yeah, good that, well, that's in just the it. The sea devils and the Silurians all sucked as well. And if you, but they looked great when they were on their ship. Exactly, they looked you so knock much out better. And all of a sudden, yeah. The, yeah. the power goes out, and the emergency lighting is flickering and doing that kind of stuff with that thing coming down the hallway. Plus, that would have worked. And mm-hmm. plus, knocking the power out is a added threat because they're under ba- underwater. And so the idea that they could lose sure. pressure at yeah. any point sure. also I because mean, there's no power to keep the, pr- the water out. That's it. We're redoing Warriors of the Deep. <laughs> it, it We're going to reshoot it. It would have been a simple fix, but it would have made a whole heap of a difference. And I can only imagine when you're, you're looking at that thing through the camera lens going, ugh. <laughs> just, something had to have mm-hmm. kicked in that said, this isn't working. But the story itself, it's phen- it's a phenomenal. And even uh, James said that when he came over. Drew said that. Uh, you know, everybody agreed the story was great. Chrissy is squeeing right now. Oh, she's right. such, she's going. I told you. She's shouting at her <laughs> MP3 trailer, at player. player. I right told you. She so. certainly. She some of the comments she made certainly made me reconsider some of the things about the episode as well. So yeah. So I, I, I look forward to you know and and just so, just so that everybody knows we here at traveling the vortex are not above admitting we were wrong. Right. <laughs> so at first glance we're the deep and not so much. On second glance, it's it's, it's a diamond in the rough. Well, there was Keith's nothing telling us that Ghost Light apparently is that way. <laughs> there was nothing more tough than me to say that uh, Sylvester McCoy is no longer my least favorite doctor. <laughs> and going back and rewatching Ghost Light, Sylvester is even more enjoyable, I thought. And Ace. Oh, I loved Ace in it the first time, no matter what. 
no matter what the story I, was. I, she I, was great. I, 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 I enjoyed the thread that I got out of it, which was the A story. Yes. That'll be the fun part, is once we've got these all reviewed, to go back and watch this oh, as part of the Ace here. Trilogy yeah. and really kind of get her story arc in there. All in a row. Uh, anyway, what so. else I did? Um, <laughs> yeah. Monday, or my schedule was off. I only worked one, my normal shift one day yeah. again this week. Um, Wednesday night, since I had the evening off, didn't really do much. Thursday night, uh, earlier this week... I had gotten Sarah to read Revenge of the Sith, the novelization, because uh, she was interested in reading my How copy. Are you going to let Kenobi. her down with the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the movie's not that bad. No, no, the movie is great. The movie but, is fantastic. But, it's one of my favorites. Well, the, the, but after you read the novel and then you watch the movie, uh, yeah. you're going to be missing a lot of stuff. Well, I think she'll like the movie more because she's will fit put the missing Might make pieces her in. Appreciate yeah. it for her. Yeah. And but so she finished doing that. She read the novel because she was interested in reading Kenobi. And I was like, well, I don't know if that would be a good gateway because I've never read Kenobi. I don't know if it's a, if it's a good entrance to a Star Wars novel. Um, and she really liked the book. So I insisted that she watch the first volume of the Clone Wars micro-series on Thursday night. And she sat down. We sat down to watch don't it. Don't get me. Now, then, then did you make her read Labyrinth of Evil? No. Because I, I, I want to you just screw that all up, too, I, I, if you let her watch the I, 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 micro-series watched, and then make her read Labyrinth we watch, we watch and find volume, two different versions well, of I, the same I, event. I explained to her that... Well, I'll, I'll get to volume oh, okay, two in a okay. minute. And she sat down and was like, this is animated? Oh. And she wasn't that impressed with the style. It ended, and she went, that's it? Of course, the cliffhanger helps. Right, right. Uh, but so she really enjoyed the first volume. Uh, tonight we watched volume two. She wasn't as impressed, but I agree that half of volume two is awesome. Half of volume two is horrible. I, I wouldn't go as far as half of volume two is awesome. The Coruscant is Coruscant. awesome. <laughs> it's the Anakin. The, oh, hey, okay, let's no. directly steal a plot from a Samurai Jack episode because I don't have anything for this. We'll put Anakin yeah. Obi Wan in that. Is, the, is, the Anakin is, is, is Obi Wan plot would be okay. If there wasn't a freaking war going on. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. I've had a cold for like the last two weeks, and I've got this horrible cough, so I apologize for my coughing this week. It just feels very out of place compared to everything that's going on in the story, and even from Volume 1 of what they were doing, and the first part of Volume 2 of them going off and fighting all these battles, and they're all a sudden off on this planet. That's a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I explained that's to her... That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, podcast. <laughs> I explained to her that, okay... Essentially, the events on Coruscant pretty much line up. It's Anakin and Obi-Wan that don't match with Labyrinth of Evil, with another book. And so she'd probably be more willing to watch, to read Labyrinth of Evil. What, what Anakin and Obi-Wan are doing in Labyrinth of Evil doesn't jive with what they're doing in Volume 2 of The Clone Wars. Correct. I agreed, yes, yeah. yes. But Coruscant pretty much matches up. I guess so, yeah, yeah. And it's... it's Palpatine getting captured. Right. Some of the right. details may be a little That's fuzzy. The problem is, though, that the, the, the capture is done even differently from it's a micro... Little, oh, a, it's a lot different. From what I remember, not as much. There's oh, still the subway bit. Yes. There's a lot of the same elements. The details are a little different. Right. A well, lot different. The, the elements are there, but the, the elements details are, are a lot different. It's just a, a different. Yeah. Somebody else's. Per, per, personally, as much as I love Labyrinth of Evil, which if you haven't read, it's a phenomenal it book. Phenomenal. Go read it. Um... I like the events in the micro series better oh, for getting right? us to that point. Now, that right? I agree with 100% with you. Watch the, the, the Coruscant stuff in the second part of the micro series. Yes, that's exactly how it went down. 
but Anakin and Obi Wan's story is from the book. Yeah, because <laughs> that's yeah. really in my mind how it, I you kind of have to meld the two. Which I well, I, I always got thing. the impression that the Anakin and Obi Wan stuff in the micro series took place before what was going on in the book. So that because you've got a, this expansive area, so that's not well, I guess those things, those 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 two storylines are not happening linearly. The Obi Wan and Anakin stuff happened in a different time, like like earlier. I suppose but, I could buy that. Yeah, too. but it, it, but so you're, it's not it's not things happening linearly. It, it depends on how long it would take for him to rebuild his arm or to get a new arm. Well, because yeah. he gets his new arm and then they're called away at the end of the micro series. Yeah, but maybe, maybe he doesn't rebuild. But he might have been just called goes down to stores and they he might have been called away and then they got like shunted off to another side adventure and then came back. So mm, I don't think they could. <laughs> Trust me, I just rewatched this. I don't yeah, think they could. Have. It's been a while be- since because the hologram says. Coruscant's under attack. Palpatine's been captured. Oh right, we right, gotta right. have you get back here. So that takes a while to get back. Oh, well, it, do, it does. It, 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 it definitely no, does. It doesn't. <laughs> I've seen Revenge of the Sith. It takes Coruscant a while to get back. Coruscant and Mustafar right next door to each other. <laughs> it took him like ten minutes to get over to my shuttle. Um, other than that, uh, oh, uh, since we didn't end up doing Young Frankenstein last night. Oh yeah, we should probably mention that. <laughs> we should mention that. We're going to push that off to Wednesday because nobody else seemed to be available. No, I was available. Partially I was my, there and ready to go. Partially my fault for Glenn because he didn't hear my retraction. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, it was on Netflix. Yeah, and, uh, which, so I waited until the last minute, got everything set up, and then went. Oh, it's not on Netflix. See, I, and oh, I. It's not on Amazon. We, we, oh, it's we, not streaming anywhere. We discussed it and said i i said i thought it was on i said it was on netflix and then in the same conversation after we decided to do it i said no it wasn't i remember that part of it yeah, I found and i went to the library and picked out. up my copy of it because i don't own it <laughs> um so instead uh sarah and i watched before midnight oh how is it it was good i really enjoyed it it kind of makes me want to go and watch the other two since i never watched them but you didn't lose anything from not seeing before sunset or before sunrise, so it's it's you could still watch before midnight and enjoy it. And I'm trying to convince her to now watch uh, Waking Life and Tape, since those are other Richard Linklater films, and it's very much in his style. Same, these two are too. And then today I watched The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> a childhood favorite. Which, <laughs> if you haven't seen that. It's now streaming on Netflix. Yes. After I picked up a DVD from the library, held on to it <laughs> a week, and then watched it quickly so my mom could watch it before I had to return it, <laughs> it's on Netflix. No, it's on Netflix. Are you, are you sure? I am sure on that one. I, yeah. I added it to my queue. So I can go back and rewatch it because Sarah um, wasn't able to watch it with me today. So she doesn't remember it very well, so I'm going to make her watch it too. <laughs> and it's. Pretty much everything I remember from the, being a kid, except for some reason I thought Poo Sticks was in this. The game Poo Sticks. I don't know what that's from, though. I don't. I, you know, I think it's just. I think it's. I mean, there was several shorts that were made over the course of the year. Over the course of. of it had to have come out after that decade. In fact, when especially when this got popular, because this was at, the many adventures of Winnie Pooh. If you don't know the history, was released in shorts. Yes. In in theaters. Before it was compiled to become, which they did a really good job compiling it. I yeah, think. oh, absolutely. Because I, 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 I went into so, this time knowing that it was it's short. Three different stories, right? I think it's four. Is it four? I think it's three, but the fourth is is part of the. Com- it's like a, the wrap up of the end too, I believe. Well, I think that I think was added for the five because there's okay. the Blustery or there's um, 
The honey tree. The honey. Oh, the honey tree is the microfilm. You're right. There is there is there is four. That's okay. what I was thinking. That's Blustery what I was day. missing. Um, I thought well, you just the, round them off. The, the, the honey. Well, I don't know that they don't. Break and say when when you the poo in the honey what's, tree. What's they don't the have one the one where stuck in the yeah. In, it's in, it's it's the honey tree stuck. Bus three day, day. Tigger gets stuck. Oh, because he bounces up in the tree. Right. Yeah, and then the end. And the end is where they but they're looking for a new home for. Uh, that's Eeyore, part of bus three day. Okay, that's oh that is part. Yeah, because bus three day is also part of uh, Flum some weasels. weasels. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. So that, that those so that, four parts. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was released in four different parts, and then they weaved the stories together for the uh, theatrical feature link release. So, and this is the Winnie the Pooh I only ever remember, except for apparently. Well, they used to. Sticks, they which used I don't to know do, that's from. They, that's where they drop it over the one side. Yeah, and, and then, yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's and more. And Eeyore's floating in the river. Yeah, yeah. which one is that? In? No, that's, that's much newer. It might, in fact, it might even be in a Pickle movie or Tigger movie. I can't. I've remember. never seen. Oh, those. maybe it's I've in never Tigger. seen those two. You've never I've seen never Tigger seen Tigger movie? movie. I've never seen Piglet movie. See, and those are those are written in in long play stories. But I, I know there has been other Pooh adventures that have been le- there, released in the theaters yeah. over the years, just shorter versions of them. So, so I don't know what version that is. If, if, if a listener knows, please let us know. <laughs> poo sticks. Where poo sticks come from? Because I would like to see that. Anything else? I don't think so. I think right, that so was it. Let's move on to news. First New episodes up, have been found. The big news this week <laughs> is the theater announcements for the 50th anniversary. The 23rd and the 25th. And do you have a list of 20, the 23rd sixth. theaters, which are not? It's 25th. 5th. 5th. 25th. Never mind. You're right. I had it, but it's not here now. Oh. Hold on. Let me pull it well, back Well, about a dozen cities across the United States will be showing the simulcast version of the Day of the Doctor on the 23rd. Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Francisco, Oak, San Jose. Oak? What is Oak? I don't know. It's hyphenated. Huh. Oh, what was it hyphenated with? Hyphenated? San Francisco and San Jose. Oh, okay. I got you. Washington, D.C., parentheses, Hagers, Hagerstown, Houston, Atlanta, Seattle, Tacoma, and Minneapolis. 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 Nowhere anywhere near the Midwest. The oh. act, Like this, the central part this of the United area. States. The closest is Chicago. I'm yep. so disappointed. At the very least, they should have been Kansas City or St. Louis. They really should have. The very least. Or, or Omaha. Oklahoma City. Or Omaha. Well, well, Omaha, yeah. Omaha gets stuff that we don't... It's a big city, but it's... I just. I, I think they were looking for a metropolitan trawls, but... Yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Oklahoma City. I could, I could totally I'm so disappointed. Denver. Denver? Oh, I'm... That's, Den- Denver's I'm, not on the list, I, is I'm it? quite surprised that Denver's not on there. Yeah. Dallas. But anyway, then a number of theaters Over are doing 200. it on the 25th, and Topeka is actually included. Kansas well, City is included. Wichita in Kansas City. is not included. No, there's no Whovians in Wichita. There. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cousin who'll differ with me. <laughs> um, yeah, John Boyd might. It have sounds to like say they're trying to push the war into. Oh, the Warren would be such a great location get, for that. Get something awesome done. So, to watch so I don't know where they're at on that because. Uh, at least, at least the the Los Angeles one for the actual twenty third is an IMAX. Yeah, that would be neat. Although it's not shot in IMAX. It's not shot in IMAX. Version, but but okay. having seen uh, Hunger Games in IMAX, it looks great, and they convert it. I think it's gonna be grainy because I don't think they'll do much conversion. 
But I don't know. <laughs> it's Fathom Events. They always do that over that video feed. Oh, uh, true. So anyway, hopefully that you've got your tickets. If it's in theaters, unfortunately, Which, I'm not going to be able to attend either of those showings. Me but. neither. Which I don't know elsewhere, but here I think it's twelve fifty for two D and fifteen, 15 for three D. I'm great. assuming that's pretty going to standard across, across the, board. the board. There Probably. might be cost of living increases elsewhere. I don't know. Probably. So that's exciting. Yeah. They finally, that was finally, a big, big hullabaloo. And tickets are on sale now. Tickets they went on sale on Friday. Sale. Hopefully they're not sold out at theater near you. All right, next or up if they is, are, hopefully you can convince them to add more showings. That's right. There you go. All right, next up is Big Finish. Dropped light, of the, light at the end early this week. Yes. What was that? Thursday. Thursday. They released yeah. it. Kind of a surprise to everyone. In fact, it crashed their website. Yes. <laughs> And Nick Briggs uh, actually sent out, sent out a thank you for everyone's patience and was thanking his web team because they managed to get it turned around and right back up on there oh. uh, relatively easy to turn or quickly uh, for turnarounds. So that sounds like that's a good deal for them. And the physical copies, however, are still not available until that's November. Right. right. You still won't be able to get those. But those of us that Which is only like a week got out. it digital got it early. So. so it was supposed to ship this November 2nd, yeah. according to us. Yeah. So. It's still pretty cool that it came out early, and supposedly it's really awesome. Nice. So can't wait till we review it because I already listened to it. Is it good? <laughs> I can't tip my hand. I've been grinning ear think, to ear all weekend. If that tells you anything, I think Chris <laughs> likes the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, there's so much I want to talk about about it. Does it tie into anything that we need to do? We need to do any prep work beforehand. Do we need to listen to spare parts? Do no. we need to go through it? Wouldn't hurt to read up on Dog Master Plan just for one little tiny nugget, <laughs> which I totally wouldn't have caught if I wasn't in the middle of Dog Master Plan. I'm sure there's a bunch I missed. In fact, I'm going to go back and listen to it again. So there are Daleks in this? No, there's no Daleks in this. Oh. Darn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. No Daleks. There's no Slovene. So. Does that uh, help? I was kind of hoping they'd make the 50th. That's really... That's not Zygon. It's Slovene going to be in the day of the doctor. I so wish I could talk about this. That's a Zygon masquerading as a Slovene. I shouldn't have listened to it yet, but I did, and now I'm bursting at the seams, and... I you, can't I, believe I wish you could see this at home, got, because I, he's I almost believe. doing the gold medal ribbon he dance. I can't tables. believe none of, neither of you guys... Listen to it. That's a shame there was an Instagram video or Vine back when we did the gold medal. (laughs) I'll have to bring in some gold medal ribbon. Let's move on so I don't don't mess anything up. Uh, Uh, And then that one part where that one thing happened to that one guy? Sean's got some news that he wants to talk about. Oh, really? You're going to let him talk about it? I'm going to let him talk about it. Too late now. I don't have to pull it up anymore. Pull it back up. (laughs) So, um, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to give him his due because if it if it this pans out to be right, then he's he gets a little bit of credit here. So uh, we're if uh, it ends up not being right, right. I know. I, that's why I want it on the record. <laughs> he wants it on the record in case I fall flat on my face. That's exactly why he's allowing me to talk about Ta-da. it now. Rope for the noose. <laughs> um, this was reported by our friend Ken Deep. Uh, which uh, I saw it on Facebook. He got it from Castor Boris. I cannot figure out exactly where Castor Boris is reporting from. However, the story goes thus, quote, another missing Doctor Who episode due to be unveiled. 
The unveiling of nine missing episodes from the Patrick Troughton era of Doctor Who earlier this month was a classic fan's dream. Since the big day, we've been given the impression that there may be something else in the offing. Something held back or released a little later to the BFI's famous missing believed wiped events, the next of which is in December. Doctor Who Archive have been on the case and recently spoke to the BFI's Dick Fitty. I'm not making that up. I just wanted an excuse to say it on the air, really. Dick Fitty. As to whether any information was available as to what episode, lost or found, will be made available. Quote, We're awaiting word from the BBC as to which episode will be made made available, and that won't be known until mid-November time, I suspect. Past missing believed wiped events have had a heavy Doctor Who flavor with lost clips and episodes aired for the first time in many years. Rumors concerning the next event suggest that 1964's Marco Polo has been found and will be featured. Please be aware this is just a rumor and no solid information to corroborate this exists. So... What does it mean? Well, as Glenn pointed out, I, I got all excited over the guy's quote from 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 Dick Fitty that says uh, uh, which episode will be made available, meaning that well they've definitely found something. But as Glenn pointed out, well it doesn't say that it was a Doctor Who that was found. It could be an episode of Dad's Army or any number, any number Avengers. Of, uh, there's there's that, missing that, that could be missing and, 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 and found. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's Doctor Who, but. <laughs> I think it's interesting that I, you know, I pretty much said I don't think this is the end of it. And now other places are apparently saying there's rumor and speculation going that we don't think this is the end of it. The so. funny thing is we, we, we went through that whole rumor roller coaster for so long and then suddenly it turned out to be true. So now any little nugget of rumor is now in my head. Ooh, this one might play out. <laughs> So that'll be exciting. If it I just wonder out. how much of it though goes back to that original rumor. I mean, how much of anything now is going to go uh, immediately true. back to the, well, the very maybe, first thing that we heard? Initially, was right. they said that they had all of these. Now they didn't say that everything, but they had a good chunk of them. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll so, see. Like I said, it's still rumor and hearsay at this point. I thank you, Glenn, for allowing me to to crow a little bit about it because <laughs> I think it well, could be, be going on. I'm the, like I said, I'll be the first in line to tell you. I was wrong. Well, actually, I don't think I ever said I don't think they exist. But I don't think I was as optimistic as you are. Can I bring up something that maybe or may not be a rumor? Let's do it. Uh, I saw somebody <coughs> posted on Facebook. And I've been searching and searching and searching because the link was broken. It went to a website that wasn't working. But the link said in the post that somebody was that a company was making Seventh Doctor umbrellas to purchase. Oh. Like mass production, like uh, they've been doing oh. with the scarves. Really, I can't find it anywhere. But so keep an eye out; that might exist. I think it'd be really cool. Exciting news! I wonder if they. I think that's exciting. I'd, I'd buy one. I, I, dude, yeah, totally. I mean, I'd love to have a more personalized, handcrafted kind of like the one the guy was doing at Galley that Sylvester McCoy got one mm-hmm. of the of the umbrellas. Um, but at the same time, if it was mass produced, as long as it. If it looked good. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If it looked better than the mass-produced Fourth Doctor scarves. Well, yeah. So let's be Agreed. honest. Uh, the, the Fourth well, Doctor scarves, when you, you mass-produce them, well, you kind of... Uh, you can Unfortunately, with the scarves and the vest, you just can't... There's uh, no handmade yeah, love. Yeah, you, you, you can't... We know. You can't, yeah, replace the person. Nothing's going to be as cool as my scarf from Sarah, so... Yeah. But, at the same time, this is an umbrella. It's not a it's, scarf, so, yeah. you know... 
All you got to do is get that handle right. So <laughs> it'd probably be easier to do mass production of the handle than it would be scarves. Yeah, to get so it yeah, that, that's that's kind of where so I'm leaning. True. So I'm thinking, oh, now that brings the cost down plastic. some too. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, the last thing we want to bring up is uh, don't forget to get your entries in for our contests that we're running. If you are downloading the missing episodes that have been or recently missing episodes or new missing episodes or whatever they are now. Um, Web of Fear and, and if, you're downloading, <laughs> if you're downloading Marco Polo right now, <laughs> you need to let us know. <laughs> Just to throw that out there. But if you're if you if you're if you've downloaded those episodes and, and you're uh, meeting my challenge, uh, please you have until October thirty first. Again, I just need a video, a visual proof that you've downloaded either of those two episodes, and you will go into a drawing. And for each one of those, each one of those episodes, you get an entry. So you could actually potentially get two entries. Um, each of those, you'll get uh, uh, an entry into our drawing for a uh, Doctor Who vinyl fig from Titan Vinyl, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Titan Vinyl Figs, figs Titan's Vinyl Fig. And uh, they're blind box, so we're not going to open them. We're going to send them right to you, and then you have to tell us what you got. Um, I do want to mention this is who I have so far, because if, you, if you're if you not on this list and you have sent it and I have missed it, I want you to resend it to me. Right now, I have Brittany has two entries. Brenda has two entries. Holly has two entries. Uh, London Eye, or Mayor of... I never remember this. Althar. I think that's a... Uh, isn't that a H.P. Lovecraft reference? I can't remember. Sure. It was an author of the, the Cats of Althar. And... Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, anyway, London Eye has sent... He always signs it with Mayor of Althar. Um, has sent one entry in. Uh, Chrissy has two, and Brian has two. And I think we're going to hear from Brian this week. Too. Yes, Brian's a first-time writer. So thank you guys for your entries. Thank you for buying it, because, again, I think this is really going to go a long way for us to see a lot more of these episodes released. As a matter of fact, maybe that's why the rumors are happening now, because maybe we'll get in November, because it was so wildly popular and people actually downloaded these episodes, knowing there's going to be DVDs later. Maybe that's why we're getting an announcement next month, too. Maybe. Feed that dragon. dragon. (laughs) All right. Next up is Feedback. Why do you First guys up, always look expectant? Just in case. I don't want to give you the opportunity. I want to roll past it. That's right. Just roll past it. Um, I'll let you know when it changes. <laughs> First up is Brian, Doctor Who on iTunes. He says, Hi guys, I'm a long-time listener. I have been wanting to send you a note to tell you about something my 10-year-old discovered in a Season 5 episode. The missing episode contest was the push I needed. In the episode The Beast Below, at about 33 minutes and 30 seconds in... The doctor makes a seemingly throwaway statement about having to have a new name if he does what he's about to do to the space whale. Has the story of the 50th really been Moffat's plan all along? Love the podcast. Usually listen on my long drive to work and frequently can be seen by passing drivers while I'm having a conversation with you, my invisible friends. (laughs) Brian from a little town in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for your entries. Um, I will say that I, I'm intrigued by that because that could possibly be something. Um, I think what was interesting is when I first heard that, because I remember that. I remembered that line. But when he says I would have to change my name, I just assumed because he's no longer a you – know, you wouldn't be a doctor if he had to you know, make something brain dead. I mean doctors don't do that. Doctors heal, and that's not healing. That's sure. putting Before, somebody yeah. out of their misery. 
Well, <laughs> and I don't consider the fork in a doctor either. But, <laughs> but, but I think that was – I, I thought, always thought that's what he was saying was he would no longer be a healer if he did this. He couldn't consider himself a healer. So I just completely let that be the answer to that. But that's kind of that's intriguing. That, that an interesting point that he may bring up. And his 10-year-old. Discovered that mouth so That's very okay, cool. everybody. You know what this means. You now have an assignment. I want you to go back and pour over every episode Moffat's <laughs> ever done, starting with the eleventh hour. And oh, no, I'm kidding. Shouldn't, shouldn't we go back further? <laughs> no, Curse of Fatal Death. We got to. Oh, you got that really close. <laughs> everybody needs to, to go back to Curse of Fatal Death and see what see what's oh, there. Oh no, Sorry, Sean. <laughs> that means Day of the Doctor is going to have doctors on the end of the regeneration. Doctor's past. <laughs> We're going to see Joanna Lumley. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Uh, that was almost my least favorite doctor for uh, <laughs> 31 Days of Halloween Challenge. I almost, I, I'm still debating, but I might go with <laughs> Richard E. Grant when he's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is Lisa. Lisa. Uh, Lisa writes, Happy Halloween, Travelers in the Vortex. Hope everyone is enjoying the arrival of autumn and closing in on the Day of the Doctor. Having unleashed a small army of squirrels last time, wrote, Today I'm sharing what I call a chipmunk with everyone. As opposed to squirrels, which run around in my head, this one just sits there, stuffing its cheeks and looking at me, daring me to figure it out. Because I just don't know, don't trust my memory, or can't put my finger on it, I'm writing to all of you and sharing. Are we... I'm sorry, I miss... Are the, are are, the poses are the poses? Are the, yeah. I wrote that completely wrong. Sorry. Are the poses we see the doctors in the oh. teaser trailer just prior to regeneration? Is this why we get the view, or not much of a view, of some of the doctors, the ones who regeneration we did not see on screen, or who were... Not depictable. Depicted. Not depictable. Not sure that's a word. That is it. Undepictable. This thought just sits there, and I've not been able to reconstruct the regeneration in my head clearly in my mind to have a definitive squirrel on this. Hoping all of you have something to say on it. Have a fun and safe Halloween, everyone. Lisa. I think there are some <laughs> things that could point to that. Well, here's but the some funny things thing that is, can't. I read this earlier, and I thought, you're right. The fourth doctor appears to be falling. Well, yes. That's prior to his regeneration. Spoilers, Keith. <laughs> I but know he I falls from a radio tower. But I don't remember... The, four, the third doctor, the, the third sword doctor fighting wasn't with, sword fighting during his yeah, regeneration. With, uh, he died on. From, and William Hartnell was not. He regenerated because of the Metabilis crystals from. Oh, sorry, spoilers, <laughs> Keith. And yeah, so I went back and I started. The first doctor, there's not a Cyberman in sight until Dalek. later. Dalek. No, there is a Dalek. There's not a Cyberman in sight until later, which would have been his. Oh, you're talking in the trailer. Yeah, in the trailer. Ah, okay, yes. That's yeah, I was going. There was no Dalek in no, his in episode. The, in the in the trailer, there's not one in sight for the first Doctor. Right. So I that wouldn't have been his regeneration, which is in the episode. Right. And two lost his recorder before his regeneration, didn't he? So, two. He didn't have his recorder anymore. Didn't he lose that? Uh, I don't recall. And then get it later. Back. Get it back later. He gets it back in the Three Doctors. He finds yeah, it in so, the console. So well, I, but then I, he sacrifices I, I it in the Three Doctors too. Right. I assume he 
it disappeared at some point, so he wouldn't have had that when he was regenerating. Well, I didn't even think about that, because to me that's just an accessory. He lost it, it in the two doctors. I, I'll tell you, I don't think the doctor's jelly babies were falling out of his pocket when he was falling. Either, I, I'm so going to imagine that. Well, it was, it was also a different coat. It was a definitely a different and, coat. And, scarf and so I was so. thinking that and if this was in case the fact, then maybe they were just kind of fudging a little because they were putting them in the costumes that they knew. But the Himalayas are in the background, and he just <laughs> totally, that was early on. And I mean, that was... And Seven looks like he's diving for something. Isn't he kind of like... Seven is, he's. it's the clip from... Um, there's an explosion going off behind him. He's it's diving from, from, uh, from uh, Silver Nemesis. Was it Silver Nemesis? Yeah, no, when uh, she blows the ship up, and then they go run in and go dive, yeah. and he jumps. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's ran when from Ace, a lot of it's when Ace, I'm thinking of the Dalek one. It's when Ace blows up the. Uh, well, they did. He they, does a lot of diving. They came in in that too. There was yeah. an explosion in that one. <laughs> and then he, he came dives. running and diving. He dives a lot because he, of Ace. He, he dies a lot because of Ace. <laughs> so and I mean, if he had been shot in the back before he regenerated, then I might accept that one. But he is he is clearly diving forward. So. No, I don't five, know. Throwing a cricket Lisa, that was when you when you when you postulated that question. I thought maybe she's right. The fourth doctor was falling, but then that was the, the only one, one that I could. Is, but is the fifth doctor's celery? Has the color changed on it? I didn't notice because he's throwing a cricket ball, so it's on the yeah. He is throwing a cooking ball. He is throwing, he's throwing a cricket this ball. way, yeah. so you can't see it. So you can't see it. But but there's no cricket ball in Caves of Androzani. But. Either, so. What if the poses the doctors are in is the moment in that particular doctor's time stream <laughs> the great intelligence has chosen to mess with? Why well, that, that would oh I thought you were going to go with that's the t- moment in their time stream that they pulled them out. Could be, yeah, for the fiftieth special. Yeah, could be. That could be as well. All right, who's could next? <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. By the way, Alex. Up next is Alex. Alex writes, pain is temporary, autumn is forever. Hey guys, Alex here. And it isn't just an abs- oh, and isn't it just an absolute fantastic time to be a Who fan right now? I know we've all been in, per- in a permanent state of low-level giddiness for basically <laughs> the entire anniversary year, but up until a few weeks ago, the celebrations were being kept pretty low-key. Now, though, things are escalating exponentially. And the suspense has rocketed up to a whole new level of unbearable where do I even start? First of all, most importantly, importantly, there's the new episodes, or should I say the new old episodes? The recent old episodes? Maybe the recently new old episodes. <laughs> Whatever it is we're calling them. I'm ecstatic that they've been discovered. I share Sean's belief every missing episode is out there somewhere, and it's only a matter of time that we recover them. And every time another lost story or fragment surfaces, we get a little closer to that cheery reality. I'm particularly happy about The Enemy of the World, as I read a very interesting article about it in Doctor Who magazine some time ago. The article was a tribute to Barry Letts, and apparently Letts got his first job in the Who business directing this story. I was a little put out when I discovered that the story was one of the missing ones, and I'm elated that it's been recovered at last. Money's a little tight at the moment, so I'm afraid I won't be able to participate in your contest, Glenn. However, I do intend to purchase both to purchase both stories on iTunes, most most probably before the end of the year. As for how long the BBC has known about these stories and how long they've been planning their reveal, well, as you guys pointed out, it seems a little too unlikely to be a coincidence that Moffat brought back such an obscure villain as the Great Intelligence for Series 7. It just goes to show that for all their bumbling and leaks and occasional accidental early DVD delivery, the BBC are a lot more coming than 
we sometimes give it credit for, give them credit for. It makes me wonder what other surprises are they hiding up their sleeve. Tip of the iceberg, right, Sean? Right. <laughs> Speaking of surprises, the 50, the 50 Years Tribute t- trailer was perhaps the most wonderful surprise I've received in quite some time. It had gotten to the point where I wasn't expecting anything more than those five-second teasers for the Day of the Doctor, and honestly, I was okay with going into the special with no prior knowledge whatsoever. What makes the tribute trailer so spectacular is that it leaves us just as in the dark about the 50th special as we were before we saw it. But it still manages to wet our appetites and fire up our fan-theorizing engines. I've really enjoyed looking over the multiple multitude of blog posts concerning the minute or minute yeah minute analysis of every frame of the trailer is that an adipose or or maybe the white guardian's hat and by god if you suggest that the brain of morbius is really the doctor's hand in a jar one more time i'll I'll feed you to whatever could be the empress of rank uh, rachnos or eight legs depending on your perspective not just because it helps me appreciate all of BBC's little nuggets and winks, nudges and winks, but also because it reminds me of just how much people care about Who. There's a lot of negativity in Who fandom, unfortunately, but the recent frenzy of excitement has reminded me that the naysayers are just a vocal minority, and that makes me more excited for the upcoming celebrations than ever. Oh, that's well said, Alex. Well said, Alex. That's very well said. Anyway, on to Forever Autumn. I'm hoping everybody's finished reading it in time, but if not, well, this bit's for Glenn. Admittedly, it's been a while <laughs> it's been a while since I read it myself, but I can remember enough to say that I enjoyed the book, though it didn't stand out to me as an exceptionally well told story. The villains of the story, the not carrionites, <laughs> that's what they're called, right? <laughs> were probably my favorite aspect, as that as they and their ship were incredibly creepy and described in a way that made them seem slightly surreal. Aside from that, there was little about this one particular, this one that particularly struck with me. The inhabitants of, the, of Blackwood Falls were all pretty forgettable, and the story, whilst admittedly a little spooky at times, was overall a pretty simplistic and convers- a conventional one. If I'm completely honest, by far the best thing about Forever Autumn for me is the cover. Is that the fire pumpkin? Isn't it cool? Isn't it? Oh, it's so cool. Uh, that's it for me now. So I'll sign off with a happy Halloween and happy traveling, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot to mention this when we were doing it in news, but Alex <coughs> brings up uh, an interesting point that I want to touch on with the uh, everything that's that's going on, 50th anniversary news, and and how high everybody's on a high right now. We're getting Doctor Who in theaters. Got to think about that and let that sink in for just a minute. This isn't the the, the David Yates movie. <laughs> this is Doctor Who. This is not a. This is not a. Uh, oh, the dude, they're going to have this uh, retro night at the theater where they're going to go pull some. No, this is a first run episode in 3D on the big screen in the theater. Did you ever think we'd be here? I mean, when we, no, Keith, I, 148 episodes ago, when we introduced this show to you and said you got to watch Doctor Who, did you ever consider that you'd have the opportunity to go see it in a movie theater? I'm shocked that I still see it in Barnes and Noble merchandise. That that still baffles me sometimes. 
So and, seeing it in the theater, no. And Glenn, I, I know you've got to be in no, the same I, boat I am. Yeah. The, you know, this this little cult. Oh my God, I found somebody else who watches Doctor Who. Yeah. It's going to be on a big I, screen in a theater. Yeah, I think the idea of in Topeka, it, the idea of it being in a theater, is what fascinates me the most, because it's not quite that step that it's a movie. Right on right. Doctor Who, and that's the only thing that I, I'm. I just kind of step back a little bit from my elation, because when this becomes an actual big screen movie, because that's not what this is. Even if it's shot in a way that's a movie, it's still th- feature length. It's fathom, uh, fathom, it's events. fathom events. Fathom events that's preventing this, and that's it's 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 not like an actual movie print. It's the episode being broadcast digitally on a big TV. Sure. Is what Fathom is. But the idea and the concept of the fact that people are buying tickets to go see this in a movie theater, yes, that wows me. That just just flabbergasted. And and James said this to me at work the other day, and it just kind of really hit home. And he says, I can't believe I'm going to have the opportunity to go see Doctor Who in a movie theater. (laughs) That just is beyond weird in some ways that <laughs> yeah. we've reached that point. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's very cool. It's so incredibly cool. But at the same time, it's just it's just a little weird. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's a good time to be a Who fan. Good time to be a Who is. fan. All right, next up is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, this is Halloween. <laughs> Excuse me. I need a cough button. Dear Vortex Boys, you know, you really need to not schedule any audio stories the same week that Big Finish unexpectedly releases their great big 50th anniversary extravaganza story. Smiley face. I was totally going to read... I'll get right on that, Chris. <laughs> I was totally going to read Forever Autumn and have it done earlier in the week. But then Big Finish had to go and release the light at the end, early. And that's when... And that's what's been at the forefront of my mind all week. I didn't even realize I hadn't bought Death's deal until Friday night. So it's been a bit of a crunch, but I got it all done, and I think we're good. So on with the reviews. Oh, wait a minute. I guess I read Forever Autumn two weeks ago. So as I say, I got everything done this week and listened to Light at the End. But You'd finished it in advance. That's true. I had, it. I had it in advance. How many days of vacation did you have this week? Uh, it's Only true. one this week. See. Yeah. Only one. Oh, no, I did have well, two. I was two, off Monday and Friday. Friday. Yeah, that's true. And I only have one. There it is, day. folks. <laughs> If you take time off from work, you too can complete your Vortex homework (laughs) on time. (laughs) Hey, I didn't have any time off work. You didn't read, or you didn't listen to Light at the End. That's true. Well, that was a Vortex homework. Right, well, but that's the point he's trying to make. I go through everything. I got it all. Of course, I had embarked on the uh, Forever Autumn a lot earlier and and got it put on the schedule when I was nearly done with it. (laughs) You were like halfway through and like, hey, let's review this. Yeah, I was more than halfway done when I said, let's review this. Uh, Chrissy go on, goes on with Forever Autumn. This whole story feels like a blend of Hocus Pocus and Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Thank you, Chrissy. I said Hocus Pocus earlier tonight. Nobody listened to me. I said, yeah, I could see that. No, you, you said you didn't think Hocus Pocus. I didn't, but I could see that after you mentioned it. I totally it. thought of Hocus Pocus. And the description of the aliens sound like they're actual clones of Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, that fits for a Halloween story. Something I've noticed about novels, especially the new series adventures, is that there are usually stories that would be very difficult, if not impossible, to do on TV. I mean, they did New York sort of well enough, but I don't know if they, they, they'd they have been able to pull off Maine or Massachusetts or whatever 
wherever in New England this is supposed to be. Hoboken. Oh, that is a Hoboken. It's a Halloween decoration I saw, and I took a picture of it. It's a Hoboken. Yeah, I totally buy that. <laughs> Sorry. I thought they were herbivores. Is that not, uh, is that not how that word's pronounced? No. My, br- my brain pulled a TARDIS translation and came up and went, yeah, I'm not saying that. Uh. <laughs> uh, on a typical BBC budget, but a setting like that works great in a novel. For that alone, I enjoyed what this story was doing. It was fun. A little. It was a fun little Halloween story, and I liked it quite a bit. But I have one little quibble. How does that feel when your teeth itch? It's never, <laughs> that was never made clear in the narrative. Well, I'll tell you what. To but I can. I can totally. I can, does he? Because I, I can I totally visualize him doing the. Just the exaggerated and, and, and the like rubbing, his teeth rubbing his yeah t- his tongue over his teeth and. He, I, I didn't imagine that. He does say that on television. He does say that on television. Okay. Yeah, makes my teeth. I forgot about that. Uh, she continues, that's the deal. Have I mentioned how much I absolutely adore Donna Noble? <laughs> I'm so happy they got Catherine Tate for this because I just love the way she does audio work. And if Big Finish ever gets the rights for New Who, I hope she jumps on the chance to play Donna again. Half the time, I don't even care what the story is about. <laughs> just that I'm very happy that Catherine is reading a story to me. She's wonderful. Beyond that, I enjoyed the story a lot. I like the twist at the end. While the doctor didn't actually save Professor Erskine, he did save his work and let the professor's daughter carry it on. I only hope that's enough for whatever it is that the 11th Doctor needs. Guess we'll find out next month. Maybe We'll find out about it next month, maybe. I gotta go, but I'll talk to you all next week. Chrissy. Yay. Yay. Yay for Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't get that. I'm... I, I, Still don't get it, but okay. I mean, I I, just, I watch Hocus Pocus just about every year, and I just I'm surprised that I didn't come to that point either, as, as much as both of you did, and then Keith agreed. So Mel I watched know, I it today. It. I was at work. I didn't. Maybe get maybe because. Well, okay, we'll get to that. In a I was going to say maybe because the author didn't quite capture a New England town as well as he could have. You don't think so? So I don't think that. <laughs> I didn't think it went into that much detail. Of a <laughs> it's not so much. Town. No, it's the terminology he used. He didn't uh, capture Americans at all. But we'll get to that. Hmm. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many times an American called a flashlight a torch. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a that was whenever a mistake it was, there. Whatever yeah. it was from their yeah. perspective, they did talk that about the torch too much. Thing. The, the, uh, I'm not. I'm not. The doctor go. and Martha can return for them as torches, but oh, yeah, sure. the Americans was, should not. Have, yeah. When it was from there, there was a couple times where it was in the narrative, and I was okay because it was from the doctor and and Martha's narrative. Mm-hmm. There were a couple times where it was in the narrative, and it wasn't even like a character that was talking about it. it well, let's like, let's review know. it since we're there now. So, <laughs> well, we got, well, we got one, more got one more. Oh, we do. Yes. Who did I miss? Holly. Holly. Oh, right, right. I'm not going to go so far as to say that this was like read Holly's. <laughs> Tenth Doctor Audio Death Steel and Forever Autumn. Hey guys, love the last podcast. Love the feedback song. Well, what there was of it. And that's me, not you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being very self down on myself right now, Holly. And Caitlin's thoughts about the ninth. Doctor. You know, I haven't gone back I and listened to, to that. Listen to that I listened I to did, the beginning part of the episode and I didn't finish it. I did listen to. I just blanked on his name. A Geeked Mind Radio. Yeah. And our our bit on on his episode on that. And that was very enjoyable. Oh, cool. I'll have to listen. Yes. Yeah. Lewis's, yes. I'll put that on the my plate. It's only 30 minutes. It's not bad, actually. Sure. <laughs> Death Steel. I, mean? I have to say this was a decent 
audio story. Catherine Tate did a great job at capturing tens inflections, excuse me, and speaking rhythm, and she did a good job with Eleven as well. The writer of the story did a good job of getting Donna's snarky side. The slaughter crystals sounded really treacherous indeed. The Eleventh Doctor using Elon Z as his Morse code SOS was cool. <laughs> Loved his ginger comment. Eskrin? Erskine. Erskine. And his daughter were an interesting pair with Lyric trying to save her father near the end of the story. Forever Autumn, a story with Martha. This was one of the first Tenth Doctor stories with Martha that I'd read when I found out about Doctor Who novels. Set in America during Halloween was an interesting twist. I loved Martha's line about Keith Richards <laughs> and me laughing out loud when I read it. And, of course, when I read that line, I was not by myself reading the book. A friend of mine, who is now into Doctor Who but wasn't at the time, asked me what was so funny. She didn't get it in the context of the show, but she got it in the context of Keith Richards and how many jokes have been made about his looks and her age. Back to the story. The boys were typical boys, not really wanting to tell what they dug up because they didn't want to get in trouble. We get references to New New York and the Shakespeare Code in a few other Season 3 episodes. This reads really well, and I could actually see this being used as a TV episode. The Hervokan were pretty creepy for bad guys. Well, I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. And thank you, Holly. I'm not going to say that this episode is the Superman 2 of Let's Capture America <laughs> with using all British actors in Britain. Should I read the synopses? Yeah, sure. You should. <laughs> but it's what we've been trying to get to. to if we're going to review the book, let's review it like we normally review it. It's but almost Halloween. And of course, we'll also do it in traditional Sean fashion who didn't finish his homework this week. I'm going to bring it up you every time. To be fair, it was last minute. You have to admit. You assigned a pop quiz. You gave quiz. him two weeks to read a book. That's true, and I did tell you you didn't have to read this yes. one. So. It's almost Halloween in the sleepy New England town of Blackwood Falls. Leaves, litter lawns and sidewalks, paper skeletons, hanging windows, and carved pumpkins leer from front porches. The doctor and Martha soon discover that something long dormant was has awoken. And this will be no ordinary Halloween. What is the secret of the ancient tree and the book discovered tangled in its ro- roots? What rises from the churchyard at night, stealing the lips of only wit- of the only witness? Why are the harmless trappings of Halloween suddenly taking on creepy new life of their own? As nightmarish creatures prowl the streets, the Doctor and Martha must battle to prevent both the townspeople and themselves from suffering a grisly fate. Dun, dun, dun! I gotta do it this week. Okay. No, I wouldn't. I'd have given it a dun, dun! Because <laughs> I haven't finished it, so. You're, you're close. And I was giving you a hard time. You were, you were not required to do this one this week, so I appreciate the fact that you got 80 pages into it, or I got 90 pages, I got or whatever. 80, 80 some odd pages into it. Yeah. The only thing I was able to read most of this on your shift was doing your job. Yeah, well. <laughs> um. Oh, wait, so you got to read at work? Wow, that must be nice. <laughs> Shh, no, I didn't. I was busy producing the 6 and the 10 o'clock. <laughs> well, Glenn, you put this on the schedule. You want you know, to start us on this? I think what this boils down to is uh, this was an enjoyable read. I don't oh, think this was a... 77 pages, sorry, not 80. It's pretty good. 77. Oh, it's, it's, told me it was it's not 30 and was 18 pages off. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. It's not the end all of end all really bothers stories. me about that. <laughs> Now you know how it feels, don't you? <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> yeah, but I'm not the one that interrupts. He is. It's true. Sometimes you do. When you try to start. I'm the interrupter. That's me. Good story. What's next? 
Well, no, coming up next on the schedule. <laughs> it's not the end all of end all stories. I don't think it was a phenomenal read. It was a fun read, and I think the thing that makes it most enjoyable is reading it at this time of year because I thought it was very atmospheric. I thought it was very spooky. Was. I, I, I felt it was very creepy as I read it along in, in various parts of it, especially when we get to the Autumn Carnival, but I'll get to that in a minute. I agree with um, Holly, I think, that said it would have made for a good TV episode. I can see and it's it an enjoyable TV Martha story. Um, I didn't necessarily focus so much on, and I, I want you to talk about it more, of the, the whole didn't caption the New England town, because I thought that visually in my mind, I thought it was very New Englandy. Um, Visually, it was. I don't but, remember but any American referring them to torches. I know that the oh, doctor and Martha was. talked about it, and the, and as he wrote about torches and what they were picking up, I got that there, because there, there but there I was, was thinking, okay, this is a British. I didn't yeah. remember any of the of the people talking about. Yeah, there, there was there was so, well, there were several written from the kids' perspectives, especially and, and the old lady. Actually, too. Now that you say that, I do remember Edda. Edda saying that she. That was the only time that I noticed. I think that. that, I I think that was when it was the most blatant to me. Yeah. Was during Edda's section. Well, but then I kept thinking she's from an old family. She, I mean, they, that uh, might be. And, and the, to be fair, it, to be fair, really, to be some fair, the, it's a British it's, author. Well, it, it was, but to be fair. In New England, there's still a lot of carryover. We get, they get a lot more carryover because we're not as removed from the English roots as, as they are. So I was kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt on that. But you're right. It's a British author. That's why it, it is, that's, that's, Really, I, I'm, I'm being harder on it than it <coughs> really deserves. The uh, best part of this the story. The characters are pretty decent. Yeah, and I think the me, doctor's written being, pretty well. I think Martha's the, written the, the really Martha well. Martha is fantastic yeah. in this. Uh, this pretty much washes the taste of the story of Martha out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and there's a great moment that proved in it um, that proves how much better of a companion Martha is than Rose. Did you, you did you pick up on that moment? Either of you? I you've gotten to it when, right now, when, when she was in the uh, in the diner. In, in, when she's about to make that phone call. Right. Oh, oh yeah, she, she totally she, figured that out. She figures it out and Martha or Rose has to go and touch herself to figure it out. Oh, that's After right. She was told yeah. not to. <laughs> yes, that's multiple, right. multiple, 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 multiple. That's times. a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I, I had, as soon as I they got to that moment that. in the book, I'm like, oh, that's totally Martha. Yeah. That's why she's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, it's totally true. And, and, and Martha is why I enjoyed the story so much. The, the supporting characters, uh, some of them I was confused by who they were. Um, Chris... I was like, who the heck is this guy? Why Chris are is that's the brother, right? The older yeah, brother but they, that they I, thought had the, the book. Yes, and apparently it had been too long since I picked it up that mm-hmm. I forgot they even mentioned him. So I was right. like, wait, who is this guy? I went to TARDIS Wikia to try to figure right. out, saw that it was a last name as uh, the other guy. Was well, that like, was oh, set up because must the, be. the boys presumed that Chris took it because they yes. went to find it under the bed after the doctor yeah. convinced and they, them they that they it was important it later, that they, but they I don't, find it. When, when he went to him and he had his dream, I was like, who is yeah, this guy? Yeah, that's right. That was a little out of left field there yes. for a little bit. I, we, um, I would agree with you. But it, but having that, setting that up, then when they really properly introduced Chris, it totally fixes it and it's makes fine. sense. I, so just, I was, it was a little left, left field for me, too. But Some I, of the supporting characters were a little nondescript. And see, and I didn't need that because there wasn't – to me, there wasn't a lot of – Need for those supporting characters. We no, got we wasn't. got mentions of their names, and I think they were integral in the sense that it was. Really, I think the they kids were, painting, were the most important. They, exactly, part. they were painting a picture of this town. The and author's painting a picture of the town. Ed is the most important. The three boys are very important. Chris is very important, and, and obviously the doctor and Martha. Yeah. 
what I really like about this is I even though I think there are <coughs> shades of other villains in the Hervokan, I think the Hervokan were well, really realized really well. They were. And what's great is the references to like the Carrionites. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that they were apparently in this big war and the Eternals banished them. Yeah. What a what the a wonderful drop of going back I, I to I was yeah, yeah, I was very on the fence about these villains, feeling like okay, they're just although you got the impression they're, they're trying, that he sort of lied to them well, that they were completely banished. But, well, yes, yeah, but the, the Eternals did step yes, in and interfere. Yes, yes. it was that the much fact was that, true because he, he gave the line. There was a line of he was stretching the truth about they were the only ones that the right. Eternals would hunt them down. Right. He almost it almost gives the impression that well, I'm lying because there aren't. Any more of you, and there aren't any Eternals right, anymore either. Right. Which just bringing up the Eternals is fantastic. Yeah, uh, because not only do you get the mention of them because they uh, in the whole Time Lord War, the fact that they you know were gone, but also because of the and, Eternals in the Black Knight to- yes, trilogy that yes. we you know or Black Knight uh, Black, Black Guardian, Guardian trilogy. But, the Black Knight always tries. So I was very much on the fence on these villains until that because it felt like okay, they're trying to do they're 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 Doctor Whoing, the Necropolis or whatever the, the Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon. Yeah, because it's the and, Necros in this. Yeah, that what they called it, yeah. the Necros. And so so they're, they're trying to do their Doctor Who thing that they've done, and sometimes it's worked decent, pretty good, like in this. Mm-hmm. Other times not as well, like Tooth and Claw. Right, right, exactly. And, and they, no, that's and they did point. it really well. And that's a good point. <laughs> so I really... Um, I, well, the fact I, that I, I joke about the Americanized, the not being truly Americanized, but it's a very, very small part right, right. of this story. And overall, it's very enjoyable. Well, and I, I love the fact that the Necros is the essentially their power source. Yes. And they're, they're, I love the fact that they've been feeding off of humans, feeding off of their emotions and their fears and whatnot like that. I love the fact that we dug this book up, and that's what's awakened this thing, that is basically the um, subject or the the, the reason for uh, the subjects of lore and legend yes. and whatnot. Yes. I love the they, fact they did that a that's, job that's the that idea in. there. I didn't expect the tree at first to be their ship. Me neither. Completely did not. And that's that a nice totally twist. makes sense. When did you catch on? I think it Pretty was when, when he was – well, when he, bur- when he started – he, when he went into the cellar, into her fruit cellar, and he went down, and he was in the tunnel. Unfortunately, this is that's right where I'm yeah, at. That's, that's where point. you're at. But when he goes, and he's going to rescue Martha. Although I don't think he knows that he's going to rescue. No, Martha, he doesn't. Because he's surprised he that Martha's exploring. there. But he's exploring. And when he goes down in there, and I realize that this is kind of where their their home is. That's when my first thought was: I wonder if this tree is more than just a tree, or above their where their well, hollow that, is. Yeah. And that because we had already kind of referenced the fact that they were. From somewhere else, I kind of wondered if maybe this tree was going to play into being part See, my, of it. My, I didn't realize it was only part of the. It's the, only the, the, tip the tip, yeah, of the of the of the uh, uh, ship. My my, my first inkling was the, the the scene right prior to that when they're talking to Etta and she's talking about the fact that the town was built around oh, the tree. Name, yeah, and legend oh, has it the, the tree, tree fell. fell. That was when Scott, I that's picked up. That, that's, yeah. when, that's when I thought I did, to myself I did think about because that. I, through the whole thing, I've been like, I forgot about that. Okay, I don't. I, you know, I, I'm having a good time, so I don't mind that you're really kind of playing fast and loose with the Halloween theme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm having fun with it, but I kind of hope you're going to start See, giving me that Doctor Who scientific explanation for a lot of these events. Because obviously it's alien, but you know. So then when she says the tree fell to Earth, I was kind of like, 
oh, okay, it's a spaceship, cool. <laughs> and, and so it, it just that one dropped bit kind of. I'm gonna let. I'm just gonna sit back and let it ride because you've already given me just enough that you're not trying to string me along, right? You know. Yeah. So I, I was I was okay with it. So yeah. See, and I'm, 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 I'm the same way. It. Once you gave me the little nuggets that I needed to say this is, and in fact, they talk about how black. They talk keep they keep bringing up the fact that it's black magic. It's black magic. It's black oh. magic. And the doctor says uh. it's just science. It's old science that seems like magic. That's what Which was isn't the most that a great beautiful. line. Yeah. It is because a great line. We, we've, we've always talked about. You always hear the reverse that uh, a more advanced technology no. to somebody would be indistinguishable from magic. Right. And this is the reverse of that. That it's technology science that's so, so old that it, it might as well be looks magic. like magic. Well, yeah. and, and it, it, appears it also magic. helps that, especially in this season alone, they've already set the precedent for it with the Carrionites. Yes. Yeah. And no, Shakespeare code. No, that's so true. It's just. It's just a continuation of that. So yeah, I absolutely yeah, have no agreed. problem with it. Agreed. Um, I thought the end in the carnival, while effective and clever, there was part of me <laughs> that said, well, what happened to the little girls who were dressed up as princesses? Were they attacking people, too? Well, yeah, because they because were you're right. They what really their costumes kind of, were. They kind of hit on the, the werewolves and the mummy. and The, the spider. The, yeah, spider and all that. What about, what about the ones that aren't scary creatures? Did they mention that any were? No, but I assume they Maybe were. they turned into evil princesses. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I got the impression possible. that all... I think it was just... It was more of a... For they, a visual yes. reference in your it, mind it, it, as opposed to... It's a very it's a very Halloween thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I think... Have people turn into their costumes. Kind of shades and echoes of uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, where the masks take them... Suck the kids' heads. That was the the image that I got. Not that the, in Halloween three they actually become monsters, but so it was a mix of Halloween three and uh, Hocus an episode Pocus. of Buffy. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's that, yeah, that happens, happens in like the first Halloween episode See, of Buffy. I, that's that's another thing I think that happens is is there's only so many Halloween tropes you can in, access. Well, that's just it. I go into a book and I read it and I don't realize that there's a other reference out there, but I kind of recognize that there might have been. Yeah. So, um. Also, there was something that really, really stood about uh, about this. Oh, I just thought the use of the sonic, even though this is what's weird, because I've always been that guy that's like, okay, there's too much use of the sonic here. He seemed to use a son- the sonic a lot in this. But yeah. It didn't seem to bother me in this, and I can't well, put my finger on. I why. think the idea is they communicated through essentially sonic. I mean, the way they communicated, it seemed like. To get the impression, the, it was their, their magic. The impression it was, their, their uh, magic and their science were kind of along the same wave, quote unquote, la- wavelength of, as the sonic. Yeah, I guess so because they kind of allude to that. But I, got, I always got the impression it was more of a uh, psychic ability as opposed to yeah. sonic. Well, I think it was a little bit of both because maybe cause like there, a, there was a level between. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll buy that. But it didn't bother me. It certainly didn't bother me, which I was surprised <laughs> after like the. 15th or 16th time he's pulled the Sonic out. <laughs> there was a lot of Sonic use in there's it, a but lot I was of in using the same it. boat because it was used appropriately. Maybe because I'm having fun with it, too, but there was one time that he did seem to use it as a tricorder. And I thought, that's kind of interesting because this was written at the time that, that David Tennant was uh, on TV. Yes. And so it's not like somebody borrowed some of the Matt Smith Sonic use and put it into here. So I was uh, quite yeah. surprised when I read this and thought, you know, they didn't do a lot of that on TV. He seemed to overuse the Sonic, but he didn't have the like all of the different settings that the Doctor has now. That's true. And there were times in here he where I felt like he, he was doing more of the Matt as Smith. As a 
frequency guide in he did in in tenants era yes. as opposed to getting readings from exactly it. exactly which and I, I, I kind of got aspects of that in this too that's what I'm saying well the, yes I think that's true too and I think is why I was forgiving but then I was I was a bit then surprised like when I saw a couple of those times that were kind of added on I thought well somebody already had that planet it, it was moving that direction yeah well maybe the sonic use and even I think as if you go back to our sonic discussion it was gradually working that way regardless yeah I think you're right. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's not much more that I can say. I just no, the the story is quite enjoyable. Um, uh, again, I like Martha. I like the fact that he, even though he let Martha kind of go off on her own, the events that happened in the diner, even though she gets captured, I just think she was very smart in the way that she was. Her her thinking in that process was oh, was yeah. very intelligent, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I was a little like you guys because, of course, I knew there was a lot more book left. But when we get to that point, it felt like this climax. I was like, well, how is she going to get out of this? And then it was just simply the fact that the doctor rescues her. But I love the fact that we turn around again and when the doctor goes to make the negotiations and he's captured, Etta ends up coming. Even after he told Etta, don't come back here until we've resolved this. Go somewhere else. And Edda's like totally doesn't listen to him because she's this old lady that's just <laughs> going to do what she. Uh, and, and I love the young confrontation. She, she was a great character. She was great. The, I com- really the liked confrontation her. was also very tenth doctor. Of oh, I'm going to go give you a chance, and then that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm very a, a, no second chances. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fact that he goes down there and fully expects to walk away and doesn't get to, I thought was kind of funny. But I think it was kind of conveyed in a way that he. He was of two minds of it. He's, he was almost as convinced that it wasn't going to work as he was that it was going to work. Yes. And I mean, we know it's not going to work. Because well, of course not. We know there's, it never works out that way. Although it would have been a nice twist. It would have been a nice <laughs> and, twist, but it might not have really been, wouldn't have had quite that ending, though. No, it wouldn't <laughs> But, um, no, and over, as for overall, the resolution, give this, go ahead. I thought, I, I, I liked the idea of the how, how they ended up resolving it. Yeah, I don't. No, want, I don't want to spoil too much. For no, Sean. no, no. Me too. I, I think so. Overall, I give this. I give this book high praise for it being a just fun, mindless, a bit spooky read. And I think it helps when you're kind of in the Halloween mentality anyway, yes. and everybody's got decorations up, and you're. That really is what's made it, it work for me mood. so far. Because if, if you were to just drag this book out of the cupboard and read it. I don't know that I'd be as excited about it, even though it's. I think it's very well written. Mm-hmm. I really do. There were a lot of. Almost Stephen King elements to it, when uh, especially the one that really jumped out at me so far is when uh, when the first kid is in his and he's in his bed and he's lying there and he's had the first kind of dream and then he hears something and so he kind of he's is that the one oh where man I've got I've got to go outside and look okay so he gets okay. his shirt and shoes on and he's starting to trudge downstairs knowing that this is not going to be anything it's probably you know it's probably some dog. Or something in parentheses, and then we're going to go down here, and whoever this is, or whatever, and the the, the same kind of stuff with the guy that right. was above the Halloween shop when he's trying to screw up his courage to go downstairs and look. Right. It was almost Stephen King esque the way that the, they, he allowed the characters' minds to begin playing with them. Right. Yeah. But and, and the so, mood set. The mood That's what I would call. Them. But set now, reading it now during Halloween time ratcheted all that up a couple of extra notches and so i think that really for me is what's making this book enjoyable and uh, you know 
yeah, no, I didn't get it finished because of my workload. But you know what? I'm going to. Yeah, that's and, and the, that's the thing. If yeah. this is not story of Martha, is this, is that's it. If this had been story of Martha, <laughs> I'd been like, screw this, I got homework to do. <laughs> but now homework's going to have to be set aside just a little no, bit so I can power through the rest of this it, book. You guys did it to me again. <laughs> yeah, no. I, then you did, the next one, you can we put a book on the schedule? No. <laughs> Wait, is, is it a tenth? Is it a tenth Doctor and Martha story? No. <laughs> But no, this one so far has been really good. So I agree with you. I think the atmosphere is really helping. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one I'd be proud to have on the bookshelf. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Well, very good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. I am enjoying it currently. All right. <laughs> well, let's move on to our next story, which is Destiny of the Doctor, number 10, Death's Deal. Responding to multiple maydays, the, doc- the TARDIS lands on the planet of death's deal but the distress calls are old and the final echoes of terrified lost souls this is an exotic world of lethal creatures nicknamed the deadliest planet in the galaxy and only the brave foolhardy or greedy would ever dare visit dun 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 oh apparently i'm the only one in the room uh, no and i'll no <laughs> I finally got to the point in the story that I enjoyed it, but I had to get past one thing. There was a I the open <laughs> because was it just me? I I, I love Catherine Tate. I love Catherine Tate. Love her, love her, love her. In fact, I'm doing my I, I got stalled doing my 31 days of Halloween, not necessarily because of workload, but because I got to favorite actor or actress and. Okay, that's an easy one. And then I stopped to think about it. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not talking character. We're not talking... We're talking favorite actress. Actress. Somebody who really puts a lot of care and craft into their work. And I don't want to be flippant with that one. I really want to think about it. And it took me a week to really (laughs) hone in on somebody who's just consistently... Whose presence I enjoyed. and and, And I came down with Catherine Tate. I really think she's been the strongest actress that we've had on the show. We've talked about characters and, and things like that that we love this companion and whatnot, mm-hmm. but Catherine Tate's acting, I think, has been top-notch every time I've seen her. Mm-hmm. And so getting, finally getting that done and then jumping into the audio adventure, I didn't know it was a Donna episode. So it's like, oh, cool, Catherine Tate's doing this, and I was all excited. But it didn't sound like Donna. <laughs> well, until, I think Donna sounded like Donna. No, I didn't think so until about ten minutes oh. into it when she gave the first, why? Then all of a sudden, Donna came out of the woodwork, and it's like, there she is. <laughs> she had at, at first it was it was just some. It didn't even really sound like Catherine Tate to me. It was just some woman reading. Well, what's really impressive with this, I thought, was how well she read it and how well she did all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that that was just it. The character, and I think that definitely benefits her um, her right. background with her her uh, her show where her sketch comedy. Oh, she yeah. does. She characters. does yeah, characters. So that definitely helped. But like I said, I, I don't know what it was. It just up until it got to that point when she gave the first, that's the Donna I know. Then all of a sudden I could hear her. And, but up See, until that think, point, it wasn't her. I think I got to that point and I got, oh, yeah, this is Donna. Oh, no, 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 no. And it, it started off as the Donna I didn't like. But then by the end of it, it's the Donna I do so? like. Did you think so? It's, it started, it's felt, she started, when she started, she felt very early season to me. Huh. And then by the end of it, because she was disrespectful for it to everyone and rude. But she apologized mouth- for it, though. Yeah. But later, later she apologized No, 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 no. no. When, when, when she meets the uh, syphilipod, whatever he is. And the crap she, guy. The crap guy. And she's talking about 
What are the, you? The, the, uh, the, the first thing that she makes the comment, and then she immediately goes, "Oh, sorry, I'm still kind of new at this with the tentacle." And the you know, the, 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 this this definitely is post. Fires of Pompeii. Fires of Pompeii. Yeah. That, that that and that's an early one. See, and but, I did that too. I hit no. I the thing with Donna is there's Donna at home. There's Donna in Runaway Bride. There's even Donna in uh, Partners in Crime. That is the Donna you're talking about. That I visualize as the Donna you're talking about, and the Donna in well, end of or uh, the very end of Fires of Pompeii. No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, Journey's End. Journey's End and. Uh, the last one. Uh, Party of the no. Stolen Earth Journeys. In. No, the last one. Oh, in uh, a time. End like, of time. There's that Donna, and then there's Donna from the end of Fires of Pompeii on, and this is. I mean, there's no differentiation to me between see, that because see, she learns so much in Fires. She grows so much in Fires that so uh, there's, there's there's shades of her in. Um, Unicorn on the walls? No, the uh, the one with, with her thing on her back. Uh, you got to pull that over the stick. <laughs> but it's it's peppered throughout the season. Through her run, are different types of Donna, but it's because those are all images of her past. See, I and that's the Donna that I don't like. I don't like Runaway Do- Bride Donna. Yeah, and that's why I, I like Donna from Fires Upon Payon, with the exception of I mean anything that's kind of quasi past or reverts her back after she's he's taken her memories and reverts her back. That's old Donna that I didn't like. Yes. Yeah. I don't see that at all. In this, see, I, at all. I, I felt some now, of she's it still, at first. She's still that forward and, and blunt and crass person, but she's always been like that. See, I and guess she's very I, apologetic. I guess I felt that there was... I, I didn't see fire. Fires on Pompeii is a turning point for the character. That's when she starts to turn. And it, I, don't, I don't think... It, it's all gradual. It, it it all continues. It's all one thing. It's not from fires of Pompeii. Oh, wait, on, you're right. No, different. you're right. Uh, it's not fires of Pompeii that I'm thinking of. Fires it's, of Pompeii uh, is the start of uh, when I start ooh. to like Donna. What's what's the ooh? planet of the ooh. planet of the ooh. That's the turning point. You're right. Okay, maybe maybe that's one. Okay, yeah. but how many episodes after Fire of Pompeii was? Not many. It's third or fourth. It's still, it's still. I understand now what you're saying. The early Donna. The, okay, it's, it's still. Mo- Half of it was early Donna until her and. What's his face? I go know. off on their she, own. See, I, I still to me, feel to that, me, but I understand she never loses the the, the 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 Donna she is in this. She never loses that edgy. I'm going to say the first thing on my mind. I may regret it. She's never. She, she's not rude, yeah, she's but never, she's just kind of crass, a little bit crass. She, well, she's always crass, but she's not rude to the point that she was in Runaway Bride. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I never, I've never no, seen that. The is next. Is it right next? That's what I was alluding to because I'm pretty sure that was next. It, I, I remember thinking she kind of defaulted back a little bit with Sant- the Santaran two-parter. No, she, Maybe that was she because becomes, I thought she was too jealous the, of Martha. No, well, see, that's, it that's just be, it. She also becomes very trip. playful. And, and then also... She becomes very playful with the Doctor, though, because that's when she's... Well, specifically when she's talking about that she's going to go home, and the doctor takes it all completely wrong, I and mean, it's just ah, oh, you bonehead, you know, it's, you know, it's that that I just it's I guess I from the end of Fires of Pompeii on, she she has already grown so much for me that I didn't see any difference in this whatsoever from yeah, any of no, those episodes. No, no, I, I don't. Uh, but that's not the problem that I have. I agree. <laughs> that wasn't What's the, the problem that, was, that you had. It's my own problem because I went into this and the story was setting up so cool. The Doctor and Donna 
have this stress call from the planet. They're going to go down there. They're going to figure it out. Nobody should be living on this planet. We're going to go save these people. We're going to answer this distress call. We get here. There's a tour bus. <laughs> and I thought, what a fantastic concept that we've got this planet of death. It's almost like they took Planet of the Ood and Midnight and mashed, you know, mashed it them was, together. No, to me it was more of the uh, restaurant at the end of the universe. It's okay. this destination <laughs> spot. That, but yeah, I see no, that it's now. this destination spot where you go and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So it's become a tourist destination, especially when the guy says, I know where we need to be. We're just it's basically a morbidly way to go entertain yourself because you're gonna go watch these people <laughs> die. Or or go to this planet where you have this opportunity to go because it's you know such and risk your life. Yeah, exactly. More and I thought what a great concept. And I thought they were going to build the whole story around it, and they didn't. And so that is not the fault of the author. That's my fault because I had this whole great story going on in my head already. And when it turned left and went different, I went, oh. And so I'm already disappointed. <laughs> so it took me a little while. It wasn't until uh, Donna and what was the, the oyster guy's name? Um, or Mollusk. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway, it wasn't until they're exploring and they're trying to find they're they're separated from the doctor and the girl and the pirate. And they go off and there's that wonderful moment where there's no turning back and this thing's coming right at him and the only way to survive is for Donna to crawl inside. And that's when I got jazzed and excited about this story. Now unfortunately that's about, you know, twenty minutes later. And so I finally started getting jazzed about this story again, and I loved the relationship they built between Donna and Crux. Crux. I loved that, and those moments that they had. See, and, and it's when and Donna him, got separated from the doctor and the group that I started liking her again. Yeah, well, and, and I think that's probably where I started seeing the, the – but it was at that it's, point. That's when so. I started seeing Donna that yeah. I grew to like. But I agree with you guys. I thoroughly enjoy the fact that she did the characters so well. I think she had the, the the writer obviously had the the nature of the doctor and and obviously she had the, inflict, the intonations and inflections of the doctor and so See, I thought she did that well. I <coughs> I almost feel like she could have done better with the doctor. I thought she did great with everybody, but then there were times I was like, wait, was that the doctor's talking or was that someone else? Hmm. Maybe that's so just me. Yeah, that I, I I don't think she did. The doctor, as well as some of the other actors, have done their doctor. But I think again, it kind of came down to the 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 inflections, not necessarily sounding like David yeah. Tennant, but saying things some of the, the way we, David some of the Tennant would have said them. I agree. Yeah, that, that's agree. where that came down. I thought she was amazingly spot on with everybody else that she did. Just it, the, the, the whole range of characters. I thought all of them sounded different. And was Tad different essentially things. a male version of Donna? Pre Donna. Who? Uh-huh. Tad, isn't that the the, the the space pirate? Yeah. Oh, was it what? <clears throat> Male Donna. Oh no, I don't. Think I didn't so. think so. No, I didn't get that. I I, I I kept hearing Donna's voice, like the, the, like the same <laughs> no, accent, like I didn't get that similar either. accents. I guess she used or something. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, she's. But everyone else had very different. So that's why I was like, mm, I guess there were points when I was more confused when listening to it than you guys. I didn't didn't get that either. Maybe that was purposeful to separate her, Donna, and maybe what was his name? Tad. 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 Maybe that was purposeful. I t- the, the one thing that I liked but was just troubling about this story is the fact that this girl's on this quest to find her dad, and when she finally does, there's such well, a tragic. 
So Indian. This is oh, this very, guy's gone. This yeah. is this is such a tenth doctor story. I mean, it's very much a we land we land on the planet, and then a bunch of people die, <laughs> and it gets a tragic ending, and the doctor's very sorry. Uh, was about was it. anybody else a little shocked? Because I'm kind of in the same boat. I really thought we were going with the tour bus, and I had. Um, in a way, it kind of reminded me of. Uh, I, I thought we were going in the direction of Delta and the Bannerman, that we're going to get on the tour bus and we're going to go <laughs> around and do stuff, and then it almost—I can see that—it didn't happen. And not only did it not happen, the tour bus got eight, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of like, "Whoa, we have jumped into ten little Indians mode quick." <laughs> and so, who's left? We got this guy, this guy, this girl, and this guy, and I'm like. All right, you're annoying, so unfortunately you're going to make it almost all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. I like you. Sorry, you're probably a goner. Uh, and I just I started making yeah. my checklist yeah. of who's going to buy it. <laughs> a little different order than I came yeah. up with. But but unfortunately, we don't even deal with them. They're just all gone, and then we get this small band of characters. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then they slowly get picked off. Yeah. I... I'm glad the mollusk made it, though. Yeah, me too. I was concerned. I, yeah, I think it was the character yeah. I liked the most. I Even too. after she got him into the TARDIS, like, I didn't think he was going to make it to the TARDIS. I yeah. really, that whole sequence with the things, Jason, the polyps and all, I, I really... See, this, oh, this would work better as a Tin Little Indians story if they just stuck with the tour bus thing. We had this whole crew of just these nasty people that continually get picked off, and you go... And the doctor gets to say, "See, it's not all fun and games. You shouldn't get to do this kind of." I just I saw that saw that story coming, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great." Oh no, this isn't what this is about at all. <laughs> I like the idea of the fact that the I'll uh, write a tour bus story for you. Glenn. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll I do like the fact that the, the the beasts on this planet are essentially driven mad mad because of uh, technology. And the fact that, that if you don't have it, when, you, when they when they realize that when you get away from it, they're just these peaceful, docile animals. There was, there was it's basically they've been driven to this because well, number one, this mining operation has, has come here first, and then everything's attracted to this planet. So, hmm. I, you know, I I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just I wish I had gone into it with a different mind frame because you know, or not presupposing what the plot was because I think I would got a lot more out of it and enjoyed it a lot better because I, I think it picks up at the end and even though it has such a tragic ending I like where they go with it and the, and the, and the message that it has yeah. ultimately I think this is pretty high on the list of these so far of the destiny of the doctors for me right now this is upper middle of the road yeah yeah yeah, upper middle is about where mm-hmm. I would put it. I, I'd agree. It was very, very enjoyable. And again, I, I can't say enough good things about the way Catherine Tate did it. And I, I, I agree with. Uh, I was a Chrissy that said she wanted her. If Big Finish, <laughs> if Big Finish gets the licensing for New Who, that let's get her back as Donna and mm-hmm. <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Coming up on the schedule, we have a couple of uh, unannounced announcements that we would like to make, uh, beginning with the third scheduling attempt for Flicks with Friends, (laughs) (laughs) that we would like to uh, uh, officially apologize to everybody for kind of throwing it in there last minute, but we wanted to get it in. So we're going to revert back to the original date that we had set, which is going to be this coming Wednesday at 11, which is uh, the 30th. So it's the debut, right? Mm-hmm. Day before Day Halloween, Halloween. Mm-hmm. at 11 p.m. Central, we're going to be doing Young Frankenstein. So uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, Brooks go get your copy. 
And then I will f- make sure to do that. <laughs> a, a fairly quick turnaround. We'll get this. You're hearing it here first, but we'll get it posted uh, after some discussion online and some just kind of brief confirming here. We're going to very quickly turn around and do next month. We're going to carry on a tradition that Keith and Brittany and I started last year. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? That's what that That's was. What that was. Because I had that tradition a long time ago. We spur a moment. Well, oh, tweeting along. Tweeting with, along, tweeting yeah. along with it. We, we spur the moment last year said, hey, I think we were just chatting you back and forth on you Twitter. You didn't always do it on the 5th, right? No, I always did it on the 5th. Oh, this Cause, year, cause I had Adam, to watch it for class. Adam did a but, well, and and Keith has done it, too. He's, he said that he watches oh, it on yeah. the 5th. From, Usually. Yeah. So we, we, we were chatting last year online about it on Twitter, back and forth, and we said, hey, we should do this. And so we put it out there, and Brittany said, yeah, why don't we do that too? So it was, yeah. It was like, I'll join in. Yeah. So this Wednesday, the 30th of October, is Flex with Friends, Young Frankenstein. Next week, November 5th, which is a Tuesday? It is a Tuesday. Yes. Mm-hmm. At 11 o'clock. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Yep. So remember, remember the 5th of November. And remember, that will be CST. Yeah, oh, that's true. That will be, yes. Daylight savings savings happens happens this this coming week. Central Standard standard Time time next week. Yeah. Uh, If you've set your clocks everywhere else but Arizona, you'll be okay. And Hawaii. (laughs) BBC threw me yesterday. Why is that? They posted something. I didn't really look that closely. And that... Remember, clock went back. What? Yeah, because they've reset their <laughs> they, they already right? went up. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, our official Friday Night Who <clears throat> on November 1st will be Terror of the Zygons. Woo! Which will be Halloween. Hmm? Which will be Halloween. Oh, no, it's the afternoon. It, it, no, it'll be the second day after Halloween. Yeah. Where's that Batman picture? <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, uh, Terror of the Zygons, which was released, uh, so hopefully you all bought your copies. I got mine yesterday. Glenn's already had his. I picked mine up a couple weeks ago. So he won't be coming over. I've even watched it already. Over. I'll be coming over. Okay. I've even watched it already. You've even watched it already? And so the special features. Uh, you know, James and I were talking about it. I don't know that, I, I don't know that I've seen Terror of the Zygons since whenever the last time it aired on KCPT. I had, I had neither since I, since yeah, I was a no. kid. So, yeah. What for me was first run. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long it's been. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. In fact, that's why I watched it because I knew if I watch it for Friday Night Who, I won't be as attentive. And I thought I'm going to watch this so I remember what this is about, so that if I forget or am not <laughs> as focused on it on Friday, I'll still be able to review it next week. Maybe I won't tweet along so I can really give. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself in the same boat with you. I won't watch it beforehand. I won't okay. have time. But. <laughs> <laughs> I have barely, barely have time for Friday night. Who is it is? It just means you'll have to pay closer attention. I'll have to pay closer attention. Keith That's doesn't seem ever seems to bother Keith. So, um, Not usually. And then our show number one forty nine. We will be reviewing Terror of the Zygons. And if IDW has got their eggs <laughs> oh, in a basket, he's at least going to admit that this week. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, we, he was too sure of himself last week. We had it scheduled because the information that I got directly from IDW was that Prisoners of Time Ten. Everybody would be got out. that distribution list, Sean. It just didn't happen that week. They pushed it one week. Okay, well, well, Pris- no, he's, he's talking about this. Time. I'm talking about this time. Prisoners of Time Ten was supposed to have been out last week, and it wasn't. Oh, I see. And it. Theoretically, should be coming out this week, but realistically, that means you guys will have a very quick turnaround time to read it, and 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 we're not entirely sure it's coming out this week. But it may not. So, if it does not, we will be bumping the comic book to the following week in part of the anniversary uh, celebration. But and we'll just do Terror of the Zygons next yeah. week. So, 
I have a feeling we'll have enough to talk about regardless. I can find a book for us to put on schedule. <laughs> oh, could you please? Hey, I got two days off. So. Longborough. You are? Let's, let's, let's read long. Sure. It's what? only 280 some 280 pages. 280-some yeah. pages. Put it on the schedule. Why not? Uh, so there's that. And then uh, uh, continuing the countdown on November 8th will be The Diamonds with, uh, with uh, John Pertwee. I will be at your house that night because I'm the only one. You're the only one that owns that one. So, yeah, you'll be bringing it over. I'm looking forward to watching that one. I can't wait to see some Stephen I, I wish we'd have done this one for a Halloween story. This one screams Halloween, although it's May 1st. But, but we should do that on May Day, too. <laughs> Sorry. We should do that on May Day. Sure, why not? <laughs> I think it's again. called Beltrain Day. I think it's Beltrain Day. Um, I had one other piece of news that I actually meant to mention two weeks ago and forgot. <laughs> um, so if I can bring it up now. Locally. No. Please? <laughs> uh, locally, uh, I, I made the crack earlier. It's actually what reminded me when I said there are no Whovians in Wichita, which uh, is funny because there's a group called Whovians of Wichita, <laughs> and they have a Facebook page. Um, one of the things that uh, Sean, who's kind of the, 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 the ramrod leader of, of oh, that group yeah. down there, has been trying to do is they've been trying to get KPTS, which is the local public television station in Wichita, to bring back. Which was my that was my. That was your. That was where you my saw it through. Station, yeah. uh, trying to get them to bring back Doctor Who, and they've apparently got some of the groundwork laid. Uh, and and this post that he he uh, had posted on his Facebook page is, is my great pleasure to inform you that one of our long sought after goals, bringing back Doctor Who to KPTS, may well be within our reach, but we need your help to make it a reality. Uh, they're willing to possibly order and air Doctor Who from Tom Baker's run as the fourth Doctor. In order to make it happen, we need to raise funds in order for them to order programming, most likely starting in early 2014. Um, so I, I mentioned this for two reasons. One, if you're within the sound of my voice and you have a couple of extra bucks that you haven't already dedicated to buying these episodes on iTunes that Glenn was talking about, kick some money toward uh, the, 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 the KPTS and uh, help them with their uh, pledge to do that, and we certainly ought to probably look into helping out with that uh, on our end. Secondly... This is a, a really, really, really great idea, and I think for all of you, not necessarily within the area, but, you know, Chrissy or Brittany or anybody else, hey, call up your public television station and ask them. So just out of curiosity, guys, what would it take? I mean, let, let, let's start this grassroots campaign to get Doctor Who back on the air, uh, at least Classic Who, because, you know, why not? Yeah. More people, right? So uh, I just thought that was a really cool thing, and I wanted to throw that out there. Cool. All right. Was that going to do it for this week? That does it for me. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.